1: live from the Chicago Reader offices in Bronzeville. This is the Ben Jarofsky Show. (laughs) Today on the program, we are having ourselves a live telethon edition of the Ben Jarofsky Show. He's going to tell you more about it in just moments. And now your host, Chicago Reader columnist.
2: Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. Now my mic's on. I can say it again. We're calling this, I'm winging it Friday, and here's why. Cause folks, I'm winging it. All right? Usually I got this script. I prepare every day. Here's my little book with all the little notes I have. But today I came in and everybody was talking to me. Some person said this to me. Some person said that to me. Guess what, D? I didn't write anything down. So I am winging it. Uh, I'm not even in my beloved Bright One, in my studio at the beloved Bright One. I'm in this vast office here at the my beloved reader uh, in Bronzeville, and we're doing this fundraiser, this telethon, as uh, Dr. D said. They've been doing it all day. Been doing a fantastic job. Let's give a shout out to uh, Amy Methaney. That I'll tell you what, Amy Matheny is no joke. Uh, yeah, she's she, really good. She's really good. You I'm came
1: looking. in the building. You came in this little studio. I'm like, ah, uh, go
2: wait outside. You're yeah, gonna, gonna get a little intimidated like, uh, A pro is in there. Yeah. watch how she does it. I'm like, oh my God, look at those transitions. Yeah. Uh, so she's doing a great job. The great Brianna. We- uh, well is sitting right over there she's sort of like the brains behind all this last night you should have seen that Dr. D and I drove uh, from the Sun Times empire over there in the West Loop to the reader empire here in Bronzeville uh, schlepping all the equipment that we need including Including this new camera That was donated to us By an anonymous donor And that donor is anonymous Because that donor does not want to be known Hence, anonymous donor Alright, it's a beautiful camera here So I was watching I was. I just sat out of their way While Brianna and Dennis set up everything And they had pulled the tape out and Yeah, don't make it sound like you did any work all right? I just got finished saying I sat over there okay. Hey, I was on the phone cutting deals Alright, I okay. was on that phone man. Alright, like, can you come there? Begging people that come on to explain to people who are coming on the show today and many people are coming on to talk politics. We're still going to talk politics uh, that I will not be at my beloved Bright One. Instead, I'll be at the Reader and the Reader office here on South Michigan Avenue. This good looking man to my left is the great Ken Davis, uh, who is, as you know, a frequent guest on my show. And he's watched now what he's going to do, D. He's going to deny everything I'm about to say uh, because he's been doing it all day. He invented the radio telethon. Yes, he invented it. All heads looked up when I said that. Whoa. Like you never hear like the inventor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's like the Steve Jobs of of radio telethons. You know, Jobs is the one who put it all... Jobs or Jobs? It's Jobs. Jobs. Okay. Uh, I don't know why they would call him Jobs since his invention destroyed so many jobs. (laughs) But uh, nonetheless, he's the guy who figured out how to put everything in that little phone. Well, he didn't figure it out. He paid somebody to do it and yelled at him and made him work faster. Named the comedian that I'm stealing that from, D. Bill Burr. Uh, thank you, sir. The only guy in the room who knows that. Uh, anyway, it's a very funny bit. But anyway, uh, so just like Steve Jobs invented the phone, uh, young Kenneth- Or like
3: Tom, uh, Tom Edison invented the light bulb, same thing. He didn't really invent it either. He just beat a lot of people. In- I think he actually came in second. Well, not. whatever. But I mean, you know. Who
2: beat who actually was first to invent the light
3: bulb? There is someone in Europe somewhere who has so, done it yeah. already. But yeah.
2: And so many reasons I History uh, asked. History does not remember. I asked Ken to do this. Number one, he invented this format, uh, which he'll deny doing right now. And number two, he's pretty much the only guy in radio older than I am. So I always
3: bring him out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay.
2: Hey, man, I'm not so old. I got Ken Davis sitting there. There's Dick Kay. then there's
3: me. Yeah, there's
2: D.K. and then there's you. Uh, <laughs> two legends, D.K., Ken Davis, uh-huh, yeah. uh, and me. So, uh, Do you have any thoughts about this? Tell, tell people how you invented it, even though you're going to deny inventing I it. I
3: didn't invent anything, but um, I was around before uh, public radio was really public radio and I was just kind of getting started with exactly what y'all are going through here today. This notion that if we're going to grow this sucker, we are going to have to get our audience involved in some way. And you know, in those days, there was very little audience. I, I started there in 1979, 78, 79. And we at, did a, at WBEZ. At mm-hmm. WBEZ. And we did a fundraiser that I think, if my memory serves correctly, raised about $50,000 in 10 days. Oh, wow. um, yeah,
2: $1979? So you know, what's that today?
3: Well, I don't know. Let's just say five million or something here. Let's just
2: say. Let's go Trump. Uh, five million, yeah.
3: But the but the, the the thing that the reason that I'm really happy to be here and wanted to be here today is because a I love the reader and have since the beginning since the very first. Publication, and um, I love the idea of the reader surviving in the in the best, most organic, and the most um, sort of politically correct way of surviving, which is to say to the audience, we need a little bit of money from you, mm-hmm. and and when we put that together with advertising, although advertising isn't what it used to be. You know we can make this a business a business model that'll work, and I want the reader to survive, and I'm here to help pitch for it. I'm here to help ask people to do this thing, to go to reader.com, uh, and then there's a you can say slash members if you want, but just go to the, the reader page. You'll see this big yellow thing there. Click on it, and then become a sustaining member. And I, I do want to say. This is something that I think in in all of nonprofit has has become a really big deal and I, I we've all we always used to refer to it as the AOL effect AOL had very little effect on the body politic or the United States or the world but the one thing it left behind was the idea that you sign up and they they just bill you every month yes, no they matter do. what yeah we're well,
2: still billing people
3: as we know if we if you watch certainly the rise of public radio in New York and Chicago LA San Francisco Washington Washington, these stations have become really major, you know, political entities in their cities, They their powerhouses, and the way they did that was by getting people to sign up this way, and this is what the reader's got to do today. So we're asking you, there's, you know, people who happen to be watching us, listening to us now, just get online and click that button that says $5 a month or $10 a month or whatever it is, 15 25 and you won't notice it coming out of your, your visa bill. Your visa bill is way higher than five bucks a month. So, and you'll be sending this money, this, this, it's kind of like, um, you know, this river that flows by and drops money every month. It's a really big deal.
2: Uh, and, uh, as <laughs> Ken knows most of the people who listen to my show. Download the show, yes, and so they're going to be listening to this. I love saying this. Mm-hmm. Uh, some anytime in the right. universe, but anytime you can click on uh, the reader, go to the reader website and, yeah. and make your donation. And that's just why it, this today. is
3: this is so interesting in this new world because in in the old days we used to rely on telephones. You know, it's like call now, and you had like <laughs> what are those? Two, oh, we, we had a room full of people yeah, on did. telephones yeah. writing down on pieces of paper. But anyway, now it's so convenient because it doesn't matter when you listen. The time shift is, is we all live in this time shifted world. So if you're listening right now, you know, switch screens, go to your browser, and get to reader, and and pl- pledge some money.
2: Well, as a uh, uh, as a convenient prop, uh, you went through a... St- this guy must you must be a bigger pack rack than I am. Uh, Ken, when he came, he showed up. He had these uh, old readers from back in the day. Even these readers D are older than you are. Oh, all right, okay. I found we found some readers that are uh, older than young Dennis, and uh, so showing, yeah, showing the uh, the camera there, uh, which. <laughs> Was uh, donated to us by an anonymous donor, as I like to say. Uh, so, was
3: anonymous.
2: yeah. So uh, with, that's from 1984. Is that the one you got there, yeah. Ken? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Could you read the lead? This is a classic reader lead. Uh, we'll just indulge us for a bit, uh, bit, folks. The reader back in the day uh, it really it sort of was. Um, I, I always thought they were they were uh, sort of a combination of like. Uh, uh, to chicago journalism and the new yorker the new yorker yeah. long form yeah. lets you go forever but yeah. chicago journalism it's just like this tough uh where we understand our city uh we're from the alleys etc and so more you know, a little like nelson alderman evergreen yeah, street right. evergreen right. street yeah we're drinking and smoking cigarettes <laughs> two things i hardly ever do it's a funny thing i would end up at the reader i'll spend all these years at the reader i don't drink i don't smoke anyway uh but uh, this is a class you just pluck this out up the pile well, yeah correct? i mean
3: I, I it's so weird this morning i just remembered that i had this somewhere i'm one of these rail fans i think they call them foamers you know i love the what are they call foamers i i love the the i love the ctal system why do they call them foamers just they foam over it ah, foam oh mouth.
2: okay yeah. so yeah, uh, yeah. in other words you could, you be, that doesn't just apply to a, a railroad like no, no, dennis but, would be a foamer because he loves um uh, Tim McGraw so much. How'd you know? <laughs>
3: <laughs> <It's> <laughs> well, you know there's, people, there's people who hang out at O'Hare and look at tail numbers on planes as they land I and gotcha. say, yeah, I've seen that plane 24 times this year. Anyway. I would be a bull's foamer.
2: Yeah, you certainly uh, would. Yeah. You've proved that.
3: So I, for some reason, yeah. save this story because it was a great little story about 24 hours on the little railroad, which at the time was called the Ravenswood line. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I was—I you know, haven't looked at this obviously in years and years and years. I found it this morning, and as I was sitting out in the lobby with you, Ben, I just started reading this, and this is the first paragraph of a Reader story written in 1984 by a guy named Gary Anderson. I yeah. don't know Gary Anderson, but the great Mark Polk Kempner took the pictures. That's
2: right, right, certainly probably spoke. made more money out of the Reader than anyone in the universe because <laughs> he's the one who took the picture of Barack Obama in like mid 1995. Yeah, and, and Kempner was no fool. He kept the rights to the picture. Yes, he did. And Barack did. Obama, this candidate for state senator. Everything is Chicago politics, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. He was a candidate for state senator back then, and then when he became a presidential candidate, everybody's come knocking on Mark Kepner's door. Yeah. I want that picture. Uh, Mark. And like, mm, like I say, mm, ka-ching, mm. ka-ching. <laughs> <Yeah>. So anyway, <laughs> uh, I wonder if anybody's been knocking on his door for this picture of the CTA Ravenswood store. I, I kind of
3: doubt it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. yeah. But just in case they do. These are the 6,000 series cars, which of course are all long gone, so yeah.
2: So just read that over so, So
3: here's here's the opening paragraph, and this is so reader, it's so 1980s. There are two reasons why the sleepy intersection of Kimball and Lawrence stirs to life a few minutes after 4 o'clock every morning. The first is that the last of the neighborhood's light-night gin mills have shown their final patrons the door, and those with more partying to go sends grog head for one of the three all-night diners perched around the corner. The other is the Ravenswood Elevated. It's about to roll into another day.
2: Oh, man, I'm going to get my cigarette out. Oh, yeah, I'm leery this, this,
3: what cracks me up about yeah. this as someone very familiar with Kimball and Lawrence is the whole idea that there were gin mills, you know, that is and, and, and all-night diners. Where are the all-night diners now?
2: All right, I'll give you a, a trivia question here for 10 trivia points. Uh-oh. What person very close to my show lives almost on top of the intersection? Why? <laughs> Kimball and luck. Lawrence. <laughs>
3: Dennis. Yes. <laughs> oh, it <laughs> oh, is me, It is me. God, dang, oh. he's good. Hey, uh, Dennis. Years ago, when I when I first started in public radio, which had no money, and they were paying me three dollars an hour oh to be God. the news director.
2: But that's more than Dennis uh, gets. <laughs> yeah, I um,
3: I was an apartment building janitor. That was how I actually made my money. And I f- had to do some emergency plumbing uh, in the middle of the night in that very building. When uh, the when the pipes froze and they were f- and the uh, wow. shoe store was flooding and the owner called me and said get over there I'll pay you anything to stop the water So that, was, that that's just one of my little stories just goes oh. to show
2: you that plumbers will always uh, get more money uh, than uh, anybody having anything to do with media yeah. speaking of Dennis uh, this of course is the Ben Jarofsky show we oh, got yeah, the news that's right. uh, we have plenty of political talk ahead of us uh, we have plenty of uh, great political guests uh, the great McDumkey Ramana Hussein will be here Monroe Anderson has consented and honored the reader to make an appearance uh, on Friday to talk Trump, 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 and Trump. We In person? Watch. In person, he will be uh-huh. here. The great Monroe Anderson uh, will be here. And uh, Andrea Brower, who used to work uh, for the reader, at, was she was a photo editor, is that right? Uh, has now become a rock star, and she'll be here playing rock and roll. Uh, and I'll force her to talk politics as well. And Patrick uh, Wittour, who uh, runs the African Festival of Arts, he'll be here as well. And uh, I've for, I'm have Forcing him to talk about politics. You come here, you're gonna to to talk a little politics. It's a politics show. It's a political talk show, but we talk about other things as well.
3: ChicagoReader.com/members. Do it now.
2: That is correct. Uh, Dennis, what uh, what you got for
1: me, young man? Oh, one second. I'm on here online looking here. Read our website. Click on the thing. Donation. Oh, wow. You're right. That was easy, Ken. <laughs> People, that's really. pledging? Wow, that's easy. That's <laughs> yeah, like 100 bucks, man.
3: It's really easy. You all right. a one-time thing or you can do the monthly sustaining thing. You know what? I, I think I'm going to do the monthly sustaining. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I'm going
1: to yeah, do the monthly yeah, sustaining. Yeah, yeah. All right. It's the middle of the final day of the week. We're now in a new location today, all right? uh, Podcasting from the office of the Chicago Reader in beautiful Bronzeville, Ben, what do you say we begin by showing everyone exactly how big of a political nerd you are?
2: Okay. What <laughs> ward is oh, Bronzeville we're in? The, we're, we're in the third ward down here. Third this ward? This is Pat Dolls' ward. I'm almost positive this is Pat Dolls' ward. There's been so much uh, gerrymandering that goes on, so we could potentially, at one point, this would have been the second ward. Uh, and it could be because the way they uh, slice and dice it, it could actually be the fourth ward. And as you know, Dennis Sophia King is the Woman of the fourth ward. And as you also know, Pat, uh, Patricia Dowell is the alderwoman. Uh, Alder, alderwoman of the third ward, and uh, and your favorite alderman, as you know, Brian Hopkins is the oh, alderman yeah. of the second ward. Uh, Dennis loves Brian Hopkins oh, because yeah. it was Brian Hopkins who single-handedly pushed through Lincoln Yards. Uh, Dennis's favorite Tiffany. Oh, okay, you know. why are you
3: <laughs> doing this to me? I'm just,
2: <laughs> I don't know. Uh, anyway, He's so you're it me today. Ward. I, I thought it
3: was Dorothy Tillman's ward. Was, yeah.
2: Many years ago, it was <laughs> Dorothy Till- Tillman. For ten trivia points, who was the alderman of the third ward before Dorothy Tillman?
3: Ron Jackson.
2: <laughs>
3: no. No, but it's, I don't even know if there
2: was ever an alderman <laughs> named Ron. Uh, as Dennis will tell you, it was Tyrone Kenner. All right, oh, let's go. Yeah, I
1: yeah. like it. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I know. Wow. My God, you're a dork. All right. <laughs> let's talk national news. All yeah, right. And let's talk about the Friday schedule. Of none other than our Illinois governor. I'm yeah. not a perfect person. <laughs> That's right. JB. Uh, governor yeah. Pritzker is at, or was at, I'm not sure. I've been here in the reader office all day, the World Shooting and Recreational Complex in Sparta, Illinois, mm-hmm. to sign legislation supporting youth outdoorsmanship. Ben, you ever been to Sparta, Illinois?
2: Uh, I don't think so. Where is it? Ken, you ever
3: been to Sparta, Illinois? No, I've been to Elroy, but not Sparta. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's Wisconsin. Wait, right? wait
2: where is Sparta? I couldn't tell you. Oh. You're a downstate guy. You're I'm Sparta. not the host.
1: <laughs> I'm just the guy running the buttons and stuff, all right? All right. Sparta. No one cares yeah. if I know where
2: it is. No, Sparta, Illinois is near Clifton. Illinois. Oh, wow. I just made, I don't even know if there's a cliff.
1: Then he's off to uh, DeCoin at the state fairgrounds for the famed Twilight Parade. For those wondering uh, about this DeCoin State Fair, uh, no, the 2019 State Fair Butter Cow (laughs) will not be there. It's Uh. the
4: Butter Cow, which has nine hearts (laughs) to represent the nine essential nutrients in milk. That's right. It's made entirely out of butter. And you know it's a state fair tradition since at least 1922. 1922.
2: (laughs) Love them. Butter cow clip. <laughs> That's good stuff. I love that butter cow. <laughs> all right? JB, cutting but, the butter cow. But it is
1: a day, a day ending in Y. So, yes, JB Pritzker did his favorite thing to do since becoming governor. All together, everybody, can you too? Signing legislation. legislation. I always Boy, think it's going
2: to be a bill, it. but legislation yeah, works too. Yeah.
1: If you're having trouble keeping track of all the legislation Governor Pritzker has been signing, we'll join the club. So have we. Good Lord, he likes signing stuff. Uh, on Thursday, <laughs> Pritzker signed his plan to raise minimum teacher salary to 40 k He is expected to sign Senate Bill 14. Today, this measure would make a person's immigration status generally uh, inadmissible in a civil proceeding unless it is relevant to prove an element of the case. Illinois will become the third state to enact such a law. Here's Illinois State Senator, sponsor of the bill, and former guest on The Benjerovsky Show, Ram Villabalam. He says, quote, as the son of Indian immigrants, I know firsthand that immigrants have not pursued justice at times due to fear that their immigration status would be will be brought up in court. That ends now, he told Playbook, whether related to workers' compensation, harassment, discrimination, wage theft, or a whole host of other issues, all residents of our state deserve access to justice without fear.
2: Absolutely. Come on, folks. This is a manufactured issue, the paranoia and fear that people have over uh, immigrants who come in uh, from the southern border. This is manufactured and stoked by Donald Trump and uh, his uh, allies. So I I give credit to J.B. Pritzker and I give credit to uh, both the House and the Senate for passing this. Illinois is a civilized state, D, as opposed to so much of the rest of the country, which has lost its collective mind. And as I've said many times. I do not even understand. Like, like, why would a state like North Dakota or South Dakota or your beloved Maine—we uh, talk about Maine a lot—be worried about immigrants coming in from the southern border? They're nowhere near it. I'm not an expert in geography, but I do know this: North Dakota and South Dakota are nowhere near Mexico, the Mexican border. So, why are people in red states like that uh, all up in arms about it? And their states need. People.
3: They definitely There's, do. They need
2: people, but yet they're, they're up in arms about it because Donald Trump has stoked their worst fears and prejudices. So I give credit to Pritzker and the state of Illinois, the the, the House and the Senate for passing this legislation.
1: All right. We have an Illinois marijuana update, by the way. You guys got any? <laughs> I, well,
2: gave, I gave some to the I guy in the some. parking lot. Oh, there, man, yeah, I need yeah, some. Yeah, yeah. The You're doing Isn't a great there time? like
3: a dispenser out in the hall? Yeah, right? the reader
2: should have its own dispensary because okay. we were leading the charge. Okay, Can I just take a moment yes. to say this? Let's talk long about before my beloved Bright One and, uh, discovered a reader, and long before... I don't even know if the tribunal has discovered a reefer yet. The reader was uh, was, was was promoting uh, legalization of marijuana. At least I was, and Dumkey was. And,
3: uh, well, let me jump in on this and yes. say, as long as my job seems to be here to uh, to sort of be the velvet hammer guy, <laughs> the stuff that you and Dumkey were yes. doing uh-huh. on The Grass Gap
2: mm-hmm. was A memory, yeah. Was
3: really um, transformative journalism. <clears throat> I mean, it, it had an impact. And, and I think that that, again, is the kind of stuff we're talking about here. And it's really important to understand that. I I, I mean, look, the reason we're here today is to sort of do the regular stuff but also to talk about the importance of supporting the reader. And this is the kind of thing that has set the reader apart consistently over the years. Think about Conroy and the stuff that Conroy was John doing. John Conroy. John Conroy talking about Burge. I mean that Burge story basically exploded in the pages of the reader decade before it before it was really well you know before it became the big before
2: people sort of knew about program. torture exactly. in uh, police stations yes and this
3: has been the history of the reader from the beginning so we're asking you today would you like to become a sustaining member reader.com just go there right now Give, have your credit card out and just tap that in with your little finger you know
1: yeah. first i was a little upset because i thought you were jumping in to say you had marijuana but you know that was <laughs> a really good reader play
2: hey, hey. What? The man invented it, okay? <laughs> yeah. He invented the Marijuana? Form- no. <laughs> no he, he didn't invent marijuana, oh. but he invented the format. Man,
1: I'm just kidding. I have marijuana. All right. Now, come January 2020, your local Illinois marijuana dealer may begin to start losing business because recreational marijuana will be legal in the state of Illinois. The following comes from the meanest Illinois political bulldog in the yard, <laughs> Capital Facts and Rich Miller. Oh, Rich Miller. The offices of Representative Kelly Cassidy, Senator Heather Staines, Representative Jihan gordon Booth and Senator Toy Hutchinson are releasing a local government toolkit for the uh, implementation of HB 1438, or the Cannabis Tax, or the Reefer Bill, as Ben calls it. (laughs) All offices have received requests for assistance and information from governments across the state on the steps they need to take before implementation in their jurisdictions. Within the Cannabis Tax and Regulation Act, legislators took specific steps to allow local governments to determine whether and how they would allow cannabis cannabis businesses and dispensaries within their jurisdiction. Here's a quote from Senator Heather Staines, quote, we are giving local governments the control they have asked for and many have already started making decisions and voting on their
2: ordinances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some uh, some communities are deciding they don't want anything to do uh, with legalized marijuana. And I guess that's their choice if they want to do so. Uh, and others are jumping aboard the bandwagon. They want to have dispensaries because it's money. It's a way to raise money. For the, that's something we'll be talking about uh, later today. We're talking about Lori's budget. Uh, and uh, the the determination by Lori Lightfoot to find money anywhere she can uh, to avoid having to raise property taxes. So a lot of folks were pounding their chesty. Uh, against marijuana and the legalization of marijuana, saying never, ever, ever will they do it. I got a feeling that changed their mind and just flashed to me. My beloved hometown of Evanston, Illinois. Ken, when I first moved to Evanston back in the late 60s from Rhode Island, uh, there was no liquor allowed in Evanston. Mm -hmm. It was a dry town. The Women's Christian Temperance Union was headquartered there. Uh, Evanston had this attitude, no, never, ever, ever. Now, man, there's a gin mill in every block in Evanston. Uh, (laughs) uh, So, you know, they're looking for money. Just like everybody else, I got a feeling, Dee, a lot of these communities are going to change their attitude about marijuana uh, for no other reason than they're going to try to figure out a way to raise money to pay for services that people need. All right, moving on to Chicago news.
3: When I was a little
5: girl, I remember singing the song, This Little Light of Mine going to let it shine.
1: Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Yes, Ben, still on vacation with her family in Maine. Now, for those who have been uh, listening to our show this week, you already know that for some reason, <laughs> our host, Ben Jarowski, uh, has quite the disdain for the state of Maine. Not sure why. It's pretty random. So, Ben, I'm going to challenge you today. Uh, How about that, buddy? i got to say something nice about Maine. Bring your A game. Say one nice thing about Maine.
2: Lobster. Oh. I love lobster. And they got a lot of lobster in Maine. Did you know that, Kenneth? I did. Uh, Just off the coast of maine they capture a lot of lobster and they bring it in there really fat and clam chowder hey two things lobster rolls lobster rolls the three things i said nice about maine all right wow stephen king i love stephen king all right beaches the beaches are not that good. They're, oh. The water's cold. The rocky. There we go. Did I tell you that's Susan, the glass half-empty guy we know? <laughs> Susan Collins, the senator, that's totally the laid out on, on, on uh, the Kavanaugh appointment. Mm-hmm. Did I tell you about that? There he Come is. Come on, man, get it together. All right.
1: Oh, so that's what's on the mayor's schedule: vacation. Uh, it's a shame she couldn't join us here at the Chicago Reader office in Bronzeville yeah. for our Love Letter Chicago Journalism live telecast. Oh, uh, we gave know, her some pizza. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we would have gave her a donut. There were donuts here earlier too. Yeah. You know. There were donuts. here? Yeah. You tell told me about the donuts. Dude, Stan's you wake up donut. at like 10 every morning. <laughs> okay. Beyond donut time.
2: I got up early today. I just want you to know I was up at the crack at 30. okay? Oh, I'm so <laughs> proud of you. But next week, yeah. Ben, uh, next week marks Lori Lightfoot's
1: first 100 days wow. of being the mayor. Mm. We have some mm. more details on her state of the city address and her Chicago budget plan, but before we get into that, Benny J, Kenny D, let's grade the mayor on her first 100 days.
6: Oh. Now, oh.
1: now, I know both of you fellas haven't been to school in like seven, years, so let me just <laughs> remind you how a grade scale works. Oh, okay. okay. yeah. A plus, that's like the best you can do. Then we work our way down. B, C, D, no E,
2: F. So... Wait, there's no E? <laughs> Come Wasn't on. there E back in the day? I'm sure there was E for e. excellence.
1: All right, Ben Jaroski, Ken Davis. Do not duck and dodge, by the way, by saying incomplete. <laughs> based on her first 100 days yeah. and based on who the last mayor was, oh, what sorry. grade would you give our Chicago mayor, Lori Lightfoot, 100 days in?
2: All right, based on who the last mayor was, whose name I can't remember right now.
3: Rich Daly? No, 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 that's not it. Oh, uh, What
2: else? was his name? I just saw. Uh,
3: oh, man Oh, that Rama one, Manu. yeah.
2: Yeah. I was would give her an A because she's not Rom. Okay, let's just Take say. a kill pill, man. Okay, oh, sorry, Rom. And I, I had this thought. All right, I, the, I got a lot of issues with what Lori Lightfoot's doing, particularly on tips. But I will say this, young Kenneth. The other day, I was driving into the city of say Chicago. Say what you
3: will about Lori say
2: Lightfoot. Say what you will about Lori Lightfoot and tips. She's not Rom Emanuel. And when I was coming in that Skyway, by the way, we got to clean up that Skyway. There's so many pot.
3: Been on the Skyway lately? I mean, good that's God. That's a private sector at work for you. Yeah, right there. great job. Heck of a
2: job, Skyway, yeah. on filling yeah. the potholes. Yeah. Uh, that's what happens when you turn things over to the <laughs> private sector, huh? Uh, anyway, uh, when we're coming in on the Skyway, and you come, you're come, you crossing from Indiana into uh, Chicago, and the sign said Mayor Lori E. Lightwood. Uh-huh. And I was like, all oh, right, it's yeah. not Rahm Emanuel. Yeah. So, D, based on that one alone, give her an A. Okay, well, let's take the Rahm situation out of it. What would you give her? Well, take Rom completely yeah, out yeah, of yeah. habita habit Well, okay. All right. You're, I can't say incomplete because I got to wait for this. You're being you're really tough on a guy because you really can't give her a full grade till I see that first budget yeah. and she hasn't introduced that first budget. She's going to give the budget speech next week. So I'm going to give her an A for dealing with Ed Burke, the forceful way, which, 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 which she uh, cut him off at the knees. I, I, uh, she did what Rom could have done, but he was too chicken to do. And what Richie Daly with all his power was a apparently, too chicken to do, so I give her an A for that, but I'm giving her a D for TIFs. Alright? you got to give her... I'm, uh, Why? What's, what, what's she, the She. uh we, we talked about this with Amisha Patel the other day in the show. Okay. There's a lawsuit against the Lincoln Yard TIFF, and instead, at the very least, she could have just stayed back and stayed out of the lawsuit. Uh, they're challenging... Amishi right. Patel's group is challenging uh, that Lincoln Yard TIF's on the ground, that it's unconstitutional, mm-hmm. it's a civil rights violation, uh, and it really gets at the heart of how unfair the TIF program is. Right. It's a program that's intended to eradicate blight and low income in neighborhoods, it's largely used in gentrifying neighborhoods. Uh, and she, uh, Lori Lightfoot's law department is in court trying to get the case dismissed. So she could just step back and just let the case go whichever way it's going to go. Uh, but um, well, there she is in court fighting to undercut it, probably huh. because she wants to retain, she doesn't want anybody uh, questioning her control. Uh, of the program, so I, I give her a D on tips, Kenny D. Ken Davis. What do you say?
3: Well, I I guess I'm saying something similar that that it's really kind of a crazy thing to try to give her any kind of a, a grade before what we see coming, which is this whole budget thing, and and it's going to be a real um, awakening when we when we see it because it's going to. Uh, you know, she's, she's going to tell us that she's going to tell us exactly what Rahm Emanuel told us in his first hundred days, which is that he opened up the the files and saw that the, uh, the structural budget was way worse than, than he thought it was, than Daley told him it was, and now she's gonna pull the same thing and say that she's got this huge budget deficit and she's, she has almost no choices left other than another big kick in the, uh, property tax. So uh, I don't know, I I don't, I mean, I would say I'd give her like an A minus for everything she's done up until now because she has pretty much, um, uh, she's uh, she had she had made promises and she's kind of honored those promises. All right, but it's it's just kind of crazy to do it right, uh, grade now. Oh, so you're saying my my idea wasn't good? But <laughs> yeah, I I was what I'm question. saying. Yeah. Bad yeah. bit, Dennis. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, really yeah,
1: you put us on the spot. Yeah. Lightfoot's state of the city address will take place at Harold Washington lo- uh, Library and listen to these details. The speech will be 20 minutes, aired live on local news channels, and starting at 6:02 p.m. Not six o'clock, not 6:01,
2: three or four, 6:02. Okay, well, so that's good to know. Yeah,
1: and there will be a reception afterwards hosted by the City Club of Chicago. Oh, Ben, you won an award from the City Club of Chicago. Yes.
2: Did they was. invite you to the reception? No, they didn't invite me. There. It wasn't an award. They gave me a certificate. All right? <laughs> <Just> a- <laughs> Thanks for coming, Ben. Here's your certificate. Did you get the mug? Did I get a mug, D? I think you did get a mug. I got a mug. I, I think I, mean, I got a, mug. It's, a the, mug. it's back at the bright one. Yeah, okay, I left that. it in the office yeah. at the bright one. Yeah. It's right next to uh, the grape juice mm-hmm. uh, that Mark Sims gave us. Remember, D. That's oh the, yeah, yeah. And those so mints. In the, hey, oh Mark, would you coming in next week? Dennis is mad at you about those mints. All right, don't get him talking about those. Mints. Where's the mints here, D? Oh, you're
1: you're welcome, <laughs> listeners. There's no mints here. So are
3: any of the, are any of the big channels gonna cover this? So I say, you know, I, when they say the news channels i assume they're talking like cltb yeah it just or said something. the local
1: news channel yeah. so i'm assuming that. so I'm the whole
3: there. idea was to try to do a a, a a kind of a prime time thing that they would get you know two five seven nine to, they, to cover it you guys feel that in the air by the
1: way
2: Yes, I know. I feel it. I feel the presence of Ramana Hussein and McDumkey. No,
3: that's it's one. football
1: season. Oh, that's that's okay. what's in it. Football season's <laughs> in the air, which means that the best sports reporters in Chicago want to offer you, yes, you, our listeners, an exclusive deal on unlimited digital access to all of the stories that you love. Do not miss a game this season. Get all the big plays, scores, and stories from the Chicago Sun-Times for a limited time only. You can test out digital access for only one Dollar, oh, My broke ass can afford that $1. There's no reason to not give it a shot. Stay up to date on breaking stories. Get the deep dives and investigations from SunTimes reporters. Cheer for the big games with the best sports team in the city and go deep inside City Hall with best in class political reporting. $1 for your first month. $1, I say. You cannot do better than that. Take advantage of this exclusive deal now at SunTimes.com forward slash Ben. Uh, we're going to take a little break here, but let's remind everybody what we're doing here and why we're at the Chicago Chicago Reader.
2: Yes, we're at the Chicago Reader, not at my beloved Bright One, because we're having a part of the telethon at the Reader. Uh, we're seeking monthly donations to help the keep a the Chicago Reader. A
3: non-telephone
2: telethon. Yeah, not yeah. I know it's not even. A, it's a thon yeah. uh, and uh, so we. But we're still doing the Ben Jarofsky show. We're talking about a lot of politics. Of uh, Mick Dumpke and Ramona Sainer here. Everybody's like, yeah, it's Friday. Ramona should be there. And uh, because in uh, it's a special thing, we're doing the the fundraiser. We thought we'd bring uh, Mick Dumpke along too. And there's a. Reason. We call them the journalistic love couple. We'll bring them on right after this.
1: What's up? Attention Chicago innovators and creators, 2019 Chicago Ideas Week is coming soon. October 12th through the 17th, this annual Ideas Festival is back and it's the largest, most affordable Ideas Festival of its kind. They bring in hundreds of thought leaders from around the globe and some local to share ideas and spark action all across Chicago. To get a better idea of what to expect, here's a bit of audio from last year's Chicago Ideas Week with special guest and Chicago comedian Hannibal Burris. The
7: real reason I came home is just because I was traveling a lot anyway. I wasn't in New York that much, and I don't have a full time job in New York. I work a lot, but I'm not in New York, so it was just like i don't I don't need to be here anymore. And, I, and also, I just wanted to work on different stuff here in Chicago. So I have this center that I'm working on on the west side, Melvina Mastermind. It's going to be arts and, and then a tech program and after-school programming for uh, kids in, a, in the North Austin area. So just wanted to be back. There we go.
1: October 12th through the 17th, it's 2019 Chicago Ideas Week. Tickets go on sale to members on August 22nd and to general public September 10th. Once again, if you're an innovator or creator in the city of Chicago or even outside the City, you must join us for Chicago Ideas Week, October 12th through the 17th. For tickets and event information, head to Chicagoideas.com. That's Chicagoideas.com, and we hope to see you October 12th through the 17th. All right, everybody, we're live from the Chicago Reader Office. Because we're doing a telethon. It's a love letter to Chicago journalism telethon. And your monthly donation will help keep the Chicago Reader independent and thriving. Just go to chicagoreader.com slash members. chicagoreader.com slash members. Give us a one-time donation, a monthly donation, yearly donation, five-year donation. Donate whatever you want, all right? Once again, chicagoreader.com forward slash members members welcome back to the ben jarofsky show live from the chicago reader
2: we are live from the chicago reader not from the sun times from the chicago reader but it's a friday and so, as always, we have Ramana Hussain. Uh, Fridays with Ramana is a regular on um, feature on the Ben Jarovsky Show. Generally, she just has to walk down the hall from her uh, <laughs> office at the Sun-Times, but she was so gracious. She slept all the way down to uh, South Michigan Avenue to come for the show. So, Ramana, thank you very much for keeping your commitment and helping us out here on uh, our Reader Fundraising Day. And uh, why don't you take the opportunity to introduce our mystery guest for the Ramana Hussein? Uh, feature on the Ben Jaroski show. So who's this good looking guy sitting between us?
5: It's my husband. <laughs> uh, he, uh, it's that Mick is Dumpke.
2: how I identify myself. <laughs> Mr. Romana's Hussein. Yes. Mr.
4: Hussein.
3: Okay, there you go. Um,
5: <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> Mick Dumkey from ProPublica.
2: Very good. And Mick Dunkey also, before he was from ProPublica, uh, was at the Sun Times. But before he was at the Sun Times, Mick was a Reader Writer. Isn't that correct, young man? That is correct. And we did a lot of stories together, right? Quite a few. So before I uh, take the deep dive with Romana on the issues of the day, number one being uh, Smollett Gate, the latest uh, update on Smollett Gate. It's always every every Friday, uh, Ramada is in the studio with me. There's an update. Uh, why don't you just think back some of our our greatest hits of working together? You any things that pop into your head right away?
5: <laughs> I don't know. Every week is pretty interesting. We talk about Smollett every week. I, um, I'm trying to think. We always have the greatest hits every week.
2: Yeah. But actually, Susan I was. Gabbard, asking Gabbard or Mick. I was oh, asking Mick, Mick you to want do, me do to the greatest know? hits no, from the Reader Days. Do you remember oh, yeah. a, a greatest hit from the Reader Day that just really. Uh, I remember the fondest three. memory.
4: Well, Parky Meters, right? Yeah. Wrote
2: thousands of words about the parking Meter sell off. Oh, I have a question for you about parking meter. Let's see if you can answer this and maybe Ramona can answer this as well. Okay. So last, this is one of these classic moments in my life last night or maybe it was two nights ago. I've talked a lot about this. I've gotten a lot of material out of this, went to see uh, a Steely Dan cover band. And uh, so after we saw the, uh, so many questions, so many questions,
5: why I just don't,
2: I love Steely Dan. Um,
5: I'll stay quiet. Yes. No,
2: no, you can talk. She said the same thing yesterday when I saw her in the hallway, why would you do that? That Ben. Uh, anyway, oh, making fun of Ben Jarofsky is the <laughs> essence of our program. <laughs> so, anyway, I saw the Steely Dan cover band. I was really enjoying it. And afterwards, my wife and a friend uh, went to a bar and we parked on Damon Avenue. There was no uh, parking meter. And uh, my friend who was one of these Chicagoans who knows everything about everything said, the reason there's no parking meter on this stretch of Damon Avenue is that they didn't have a parking meter before the parking meter deal went down. And so they're grandfathered in, you can't put a parking meter where there was no parking meter. And I said. I used to know the parking meter deal real well, but that was eight years ago. And besides, Mick Dumpke knew it better than I did. And look, you're sitting here right now. So is that the reason there's no parking meter on that stretch of Damon Avenue, just uh, south uh, of North pro- Avenue?
4: Probably, but there are ways the city could add parking meters. And there's a complicated there's a complicated set of um, hoops you have to jump through to determine who gets the money if they if they add new parking meters. And remember. We covered Rom's parking meter deal, yes. parking meter part two, where he said he, he said he totally remade the deal, which he did not. But as part of the second deal, there were actually more metered spaces added to the whole the whole arrangement. So
2: you so there, can add a space to even. Yeah, if there, of course you can add for a space, some reason.
4: The, but there's some there's some sort of complicated set of rules about who gets the money depending on where
2: you where you add the space. Well, for some reason, the uh, it's probably the 1400 block of North Damon Avenue is without a parking meter. I know this because I parked there just the other night and did not have to feed the meter. Uh, so it's a very was a, That was a small victory for you. Yes, <laughs> a small victory, and you have to give the money to the company. All right, Romana, uh, let's get the latest update on Smollett Gate. Uh, you have been doing an excellent job uh, keeping our listeners apprised what's been going on from the get-go, and apparently today, uh, the judge appointed a special prosecutor.
5: Yeah, um, the judge, Judge Michael Tooman, appointed Dan Webb, who mm-hmm. he also appointed for the Kashman case, the um, David Kashman case, if you're familiar with that. Um, it was pretty anticlimactic from what I heard from our reporter, Andy Grimm, our criminal court reporter. He said that he saw Dan Webb 20 minutes, sitting there 20 minutes before the hearing started. So we got a pretty good heads up before he was appointed officially.
2: And so why Webb as opposed to every other lawyer? Um,
5: you know, uh, I... You know, actually, our reporter did a story where he talked to different people. I think they go to the Illinois Attorney General, and the and I think Judge Toomid went to every, probably touched base with every county attorney in Illinois. There was one county um, attorney, it was like a, a county I never heard of, they were interested in look, you know, being the special prosecutor in the case, but they didn't have enough personnel. For that, and I'm forgetting which it was, but there were a couple of other state's attorneys across the country that were contacted, and Andy told me that they had rejected the, you know, the offer. Mm. So I'm, I'm thinking, you know, there's definitely a list that you go through. If um, I don't know if it's the Illinois Attorney General, if they say no, then you have to go. It's like this long process, but it took a couple of weeks because I think the the judge in on June. Late June, mm-hmm. that's when he said that there's going to be a special prosecutor and looking so, into this matter. Uh,
4: and Dan Webb, a known commodity around here, yeah. former US attorney mm-hmm. yeah. for the Northern District of Illinois. And then, as Ramana said, the uh,
2: special prosecutor in the Koshman case as yeah. well. I, uh, and, and as I recall, I'm doing this off the top of my head. Uh, the Kochman case. Okay, again, David Kochman uh, is the name of a young man who got into a fight. I, I didn't even say he got into a fight. No, he, he was able, punched. He by was punched by Rom. Uh, Rom. Mayor Mayor, Mayor I or blame or everything and on Rom. Rom. <laughs> I know you don't like Rom, Ben. But <laughs> that was let's
4: hold off on this one. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, but he was punched by uh, Daly's nephew. Yeah, uh, Richard Vaneco. And ended up uh, in a freak accident, falling back, hitting his head, and he died as a result. Uh, and it was the give the Sun Times. We've been giving the reader credit uh, all day for uh, persistent investigations and all kinds of things from reefer uh, to police uh, torture, etc. and so forth. But you got to give a shout out to the Sun Times because they kept that story alive, and they're the reason why uh, Tim Novak, Chris Fusco, uh, Carol Marine, etc. are the reason why eventually the, the Cook County politicians were embarrassed into doing something about the fact that uh, Daly's nephew had not been prosecuted even though uh, his punch resulted in the death of a... Anyway, that cost about a, a million three, I want to say, it's off the top of my head, over a million dollars. Uh, they ended up paying Webb. Is there any sense of how much this is going to cost or... Uh,
5: I, I think that we had a price tag in our story that, but I know Dan Webb said that he's going to try to be as quick as possible. I don't know what that means. And then I, I think there was some sort of explanation about how it was going to be paid but it's going to be apparently less than that million dollars that was
4: paid for the caution. What a that's deal. What I, that's yeah. what I
5: I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it could be a lot. He'll be Who knows. Cutting, cutting his going rate
4: of several hundred dollars an hour down. Yes. Uh, well, also, they had a really
2: uh, I, this is me speaking, not Mika Ramana. Romana uh, when they were investigating Daly's nephew they were worried about Daly. You know what I mean? So they had to spend a lot of time trying to figure out how to avoid uh, tagging Daly with it, any responsibility. I don't think they're going to have any trepidation whatsoever going strong uh, after Kim Fox. That's just my, my political belief. And yeah, it's uh,
5: true. And you, you have to remember, there's also um, the Cook County, the IG's looking into... This matter as well, and I'm wondering when that's going to wrap up because that's been for a couple months by now.
2: Now, uh, help me help me out here a little bit, Ramona. When a special prosecutor is assigned, uh, does that does that person have like subpoena powers, so people have to testify? I believe uh, so. Yeah, I think so, it's like
5: any other prosecutor. It's just that this prosecutor is taken from outside of that juris- jurisdiction.
2: And so, will uh, he be uh, deposing uh, Kim Fox?
5: Yeah, I would think he would be. I mean, it's evolving her. Yeah, I, but I don't know. I yeah. don't know who he's going to depose, who he's going to question, or who's going to be called on. But I would think so.
2: So they're going to get uh, right at the heart uh, of like what she knew and when she knew it. Uh, don't we you would guess? think so. Yeah, that's the whole point of it. Don't you think? Don't you agree, me? Well, that is the point of
4: it. I seem to remember, however, that a lot of people were not entirely satisfied with the out webs work as a special prosecutor in the Koshman case. I mean um, he did end up going he did end up going to jail right I believe. Yes. But but none of he went to jail but none of the uh, I just just seem to remember that um, there wasn't A lot of people were dissatisfied with the amount of accountability brought to some of the police officers who appeared to be involved in a cover up of that case. And so when you were, you know, made your crack about, he had to avoid uh, daily and political daily related political potholes, um, I feel like there was a real sense that that was a big part of what he did and, and he avoided them, but at what cost? Uh, so, I think the pressure will be on Dan Webb to uh, deliver something that appears to be, uh, you know, authentic um, in a very politicized environment. And that's the whole reason we're talking about this case is because it's so politicized.
2: Uh, absolutely. And it has to be uh, uh, credible. It has to be a, a report that enables him to maintain his uh, credibility. Uh, uh, well, well, we have a breaking news from Dennis. What's that?
1: It looks like uh, the Chicago Reader's own John Dunlevy has an update for us here on donations for the Chicago Reader. By the way, we're doing a telethon for those who are on the download, a Chicago Reader telethon. We're going until 7 p.m. John, what's the latest? Uh, Thanks a lot to Susan, a new supporting member. Howard, a new gold member. Lisa, Wesley, uh, Natalie, Lauren, a new bronze member. And then Paul and Lisa for their donations. Thanks a lot. ChicagoReader.com slash members.
2: All right, very good. Thank you, John. Be like all those people and go to Chicago forward slash members. All right, with me is Romana Hussein and Mick Dunkey. Uh Mick from ProPublica, Romana, a regular and adventurous show every Friday from the Chicago Sun Times. Uh, today, Romana is. Uh, the hundredth. Oh, I don't know if today it's is Wednesday. Is Wednesday's the hundredth? And Fran Spielman. I don't know if you had a chance to read Fran's story. I,
5: I read it really quick right before I came uh, here.
2: Real quick so. story. Okay, I read it as well. Uh, so, what's your thoughts? Your general thoughts, Lori? A hundred days in.
5: I don't know. I think a hundred days is too short of a time period to really judge, to see how somebody's doing. But I guess it's it's commonplace for us to do that whenever there is a new mayor in town. Um, I think there was someone from the BGA who did an interview with Fran today, uh, the head of the BGA. Doubts um, the Fran show for this weekend. Um, yeah, it was interesting. I mean, I thought it covered all the bases. It's a very short time period, but you know, I thought that one quote from that unnamed source who said that her biggest problem is that she's thin-skinned. So I thought that was pretty interesting. But I think all these mayors are pretty thin-skinned yeah. so far. I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, Daley has been was in an office since I was 18. So when I was at City News, I remember covering him, and he was pretty thin-skinned. And then you had Rahm Emanuel. And now you have Lori Lightfoot, so, you know, when she's going to be criticized, she's going to say certain things. But, yeah, I, I know what she's saying, but it was, it, it's interesting. I thought it was pretty interesting, and I thought it, she touched all of the important points. It was a real pretty long story, too, pretty exhaustive.
2: Mick, how do you uh, compare Lori Lightfoot's temperament to uh, the other mayors that you've been covering? Well, it's too
4: soon to tell, but she has not yet uh, threatened to shoot me, which uh, one of the former mayors once did. So I didn't think give it her, was shooting I thought it was
5: something else. Yeah, was it, it wasn't shooting. Was it
4: technically shooting Mick? No. It was. He threatened no. to, uh, I thought it daily, was... threatened to shove a gun up my butt and fire off a couple of rounds. Oh, that's he did say good. the fire. I forgot the I thought it was just the
2: shoving up part. Yeah, that's what I, I thought too. Yeah.
4: Uh, you, 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 just, you just stopped listening <laughs>
2: after that, I guess.
4: Wait, what? I, I heard
2: the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, it would, of course, you would probably be paying closer attention to was, that yes, detail, I than was, I would be. I was very curious. Because um, you'd be more directly impacted than me. All right, so uh, you're saying by virtue of the fact that she hasn't threatened you. <laughs> uh, but you know, has, she
5: pushed Fran away at one story, or her her, oh, I um, uh, her some of her staffers, like Fran was asking a question, and they're like, that's it, and they kind of pushed her away. So, I mean, there's there's incidents like that and some stories. I remember editing a story, or at least seeing a story a couple of weeks ago. They're just, they, they kind of... Pushed her away. Wait, too much? I, I don't want to say push, like physically. Wait, I just want to
2: make sure I'm understanding you. It, it wasn't Lori herself. No, no, no. Okay. It was
5: Fran asking questions, and someone just jumped someone, in front okay. of Lori Lightfoot and was kind of pushing Fran away. And, and a lot of people tweeted about that incident, actually. I did, remember when it happened.
2: Did Lori Lightfoot apologize in no, any way? No, I don't think so. Apologies doesn't seem to be something that comes easy to her. No, and I think she's really,
4: um, among her 100 days uh, accomplishments, is she's been... Um, or goals, at least, is she's been trying to prove that she's tough, yeah. and so she hasn't wanted to back down from anybody, uh, you know, reporters, peppering, you know, f- firing questions, she gets testy, um, you know, from what I've seen, uh, but I think part of it is just, you know, she's new, uh, people aren't really familiar with her, she hasn't been elected, held elected office before, so she's out trying to show everybody she's up for the job. And so a lot of what she's accomplished, in my view, has been mostly uh, you know, by executive order or symbolism. It's too soon. In fairness, I'm not saying she hasn't done anything, but because in fairness, I think 100 days is ridiculously short to start uh, counting up your achievements or your failures. Uh, but, um, I agree. So the most significant thing probably she's done is the executive orders about aldermanic prerogative. Mm-hmm. right? And that is, uh, I think she gets an incomplete grade on that while she followed through and issued the orders. Um, My understanding is that city departments are still trying to figure out exactly what they mean. And and literally when it comes down to
2: policy, exactly how that's all gonna play out. No, it's funny you should mention this because uh, people in their confusion and desperation, they turn to me like the other day about why isn't there a parking (laughs) meter on Damon? I'm supposed to know everything. So people have been asking me, uh, so when you wanna have a block party, who do you turn to? Right. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> just call your alderman. They go, No, Ben. I read in the Tribune. <laughs> well, it must be true if you read it in the Tribune uh, that Lori uh, changed. Uh, you know, the the whole mechanism that governs all these things. And I think you're absolutely right, Mick. I think it's just a lot of confusion out there as to yeah. what exactly, like, who has the say on something like a blo- uh, you know a block uh, party permit or something. Is it still the alderman's office? Or right,
4: something? and and you know, block. I mean, the thing of course block party permits are supposed to be issued if people, you know, the, the application passes muster, not whether yeah. the alderman likes the, the person holding the block party, all that kind of stuff. But I think it also gets down into um, stuff like uh, small business improvement funds. Um, I, I heard a discussion about this in and, and city council. So previously the alderman specifically had, uh, there was a point in the process where aldermen were. Uh, supposed to weigh in mm-hmm. on on businesses, whether they get these, these small economic development grants. But now there's some confusion. Okay, well, now there's no aldermanic prerogative, but we still want aldermen to be able to weigh, weigh in if they want. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we, sure, we would like your recommendation, but you don't have veto power. And so the aldermen were totally confused. Well, what does that actually mean? Um, and, and moreover, with a lot of this stuff, you guys, it still has to be voted on by the city council, mm-hmm. and I know there's not a, a long track record of uh, uh, vigorous oversight by that particular body, but still, um, the letter of the law, even with these executive orders, is that city council has to sign off on on most of this stuff.
2: Uh, Romana, I can't remember if we had a conversation on the temperament issue. I was listening to Mick talk there, and I was trying to think of all the conversations we have. Did we ever deal with- No. Uh, so the whole issue of whether Lori Lightfoot uh, looks somehow other weak if she apologizes—it's uh, not just Lori; it's just mayors in general. Uh, but maybe
5: yeah, you know, i it's a rookie I, mayor without. And I have p- to agree with Mick. I mean, she has never held. Oh, wait,
2: wait, wait. Yeah, That's no. A, we're going to get into that. Yeah, I, I don't Nick. agree with Mick, but um, I, have I, to I do agree with Mick.
5: I, I, I'm sure it's difficult too to be, you know, the first you know, African American. Female mayor of the city of Chicago, so she is held up to a different standard, whether we'd like it or not. But you know, she's also open to criticism. I think that one of the things that people forget is, you know, as long as she's not criticized for being a woman, an African American woman, she's open to criticism. And I, I know the apology when she called the FOP member yes. a clown. That, I think
2: we talked about that. Yeah, so we, we did, did talk, talk about that. that. Yeah. So
5: uh, you know, she never apologized. She, she never just said, apologized. She just said, "I'm I'm glad that you know I, I'm sorry that I had the mic on." Or yeah. Yeah, Mike yeah. was hot at the time, so I thought that was pretty interesting. I mean, that was a pretty interesting story, I think, and that was pretty telling as well. And at, 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 you know, at, I know a lot of people were saying that she should just apologize. I think you would said that.
2: Yeah, oh, I did. Yeah, yeah. So I said she I should apologize. He, I'm a big believer I, um, in apologies when you do something wrong. But yeah, I, I thought
5: I, I thought that was pretty telling. I don't know. I haven't seen her like explode yet. We you know we saw Mayor Richard M. Dilly explode a lot. Oh God. Like. You know, get angry, visibly angry, and then he would, you know, start going after people. I was a young journalist at the time, so I would just be watching this half the time, Mm -hmm. and I'd be like scared, just scared of him.
2: Okay, Daly would all the time. He'd get red, uh, and uh, he, he. he would start bellowing and uh, threatening reporters with rifles or muskets or whatever that yeah. thing was. Um, it so, was a rifle with a musket. Okay, a replica. Or uh, with a um, uh, what do you bayonet?
6: bayonet.
4: Sorry,
2: I didn't, ba- even,
5: I didn't even know what a bayonet was. Wait, tell me. I just thought you? it was a type of gun.
2: No, no, no. bayonet is <laughs> no, the I know. thing. Like right, a little sir, knife. So, yeah. do you think Chicagoans? Do you think in this day and age, if a, if we a woman mayor would bellow and rage the way Daly does or did? Uh,
5: then they would say she was emotional or crazy so i think she has to watch that i mean i'm not everybody i don't think everybody would but that definitely there would be criticism like that and i understand her p- perspective and point of view i haven't seen her you know losing it or anything mm-hmm. like that so far we've seen ram Emanuel kind of getting testy as well many many times
2: yeah well, i can't remember did ram ever lose it the way daily did I don't
4: think he lost it. Rahm's style was a little different. He would make cutting remarks that he p- tried to pass off as jokes, yeah. but they were kind of yeah. put downs. So yeah. if somebody asked him a question he wouldn't like, he would basically uh, make a quote unquote joke that was sort of like, how dumb are you? What a stupid question. But he, But much more snarky
2: than that. Yeah. You know? Take a chill pill, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Dennis is something uh, All right, now let's just change the subject a little uh, bit here To something that Romana just said And I'm quoting her uh, Pretty, I think I'm quoting her Quote, I have to agree with Mick uh,
5: <laughs> I do sometimes I, 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 15 <laughs> times I'm uh,
2: counting. Know these two people very well And uh, consider them friends of mine And they're both both very smart And very opinionated uh, people may no, not realize that so much because they have to, they're professional journalists. So they keep their, a lot of their opinions to themselves except for phone conversations with me. Although Romana has really been opening up on Ramana Rundown every Friday. So what's it like at home? Do you guys find yourselves arguing over the issues of the day? I mean, you both read Maybe. the newspaper.
5: Sometimes. We usually argue about different things. Not usually work.
2: Oh, I don't want to get into your personal life. No, no,
5: (laughs) no, no, it's not personal. I'm talking about like, we might talk about certain issues that are happening in the news and then we might disagree on certain
2: things. All right, well, let's, let's, let's just take a little, give us a little example. What are some of the issues that you uh, disagree on, on the the news of the day?
5: Make us a lot more cautious on certain things. I don't know. (laughs)
2: That sounds like my relationship
3: with
5: Nick. I'll say, oh, I can't stand that person. You know, because he's accused of doing this, and Mick's like, "Oh, let's let's not, let's not." I will you say, know, "Where's the public- proof?" Yeah, and I'm like, where's what are you talking proof? about?" So you know, there's there are certain issues.
4: Romana's is basically like, "Let's give, um, let's uh,
5: so like Joe like, Biden." I mean, let's talk Joe deal? Biden. I'm always ready to talk <laughs>
2: Joe Biden. You know,
5: I you know. If I don't know, I just don't understand how we could do certain things and just get away with it and be like, "Oh, I like hugging people." Like, what if I start hugging people and grabbing them? I'm not saying Mick doesn't necessarily agree, but Mick will be. I, more I don't like, think that
4: this actually isn't something we disagreed <laughs> so, on, by the way. So, I, I have not been advocating quietly at home for Joe Biden <laughs> to inappropriately hug more you people. You might have said
5: like he was like, "Oh, just <laughs> a man from his day or time period." And yeah, I did. I like, did.
4: I well, all right. If you must know, at at home, I have said. <laughs> He is—he's uh, out of touch. I—I I don't think m- most of the things that have been reported have been—they've uh, not been malicious, have any malicious intent, mm-hmm. but uh, I, they still are signs to me that he is too old and should not be running for president. Wow. Okay. And you, so you-
5: Mick usually just tells me that. Um- we shouldn't. There's no rush. to, He said pub, the public is rushing to judgment
4: on a lot of issues. That is a recurring
2: theme of <laughs> yeah. our conversation. And I
4: said,
5: how could you say that? There's.
2: I don't and, know. and another, uh, if I may, another. Uh, Without divulging too much. Great Mick line, which I now use all the time, uh, to begin a sentence with the following phrase: To be fair okay to be fair and then sometimes once you dispense with the fairness then the knife <laughs> comes out uh do you find yourself doing the same thing like to be fair you're always trying to no give somebody sometimes this i'm kind of not thing?
5: sometimes i don't want to be fair but well, i am fair but i'm just saying that there's all this evidence so i i'm going to you know, before this person's been convicted of anything, I'm like, I'm gonna go off.
4: We live so. in a we live in an era of uh, public cancel public, public trials. Uh, you know, by social media and by innuendo, and I don't like it at all. And some of the people that I will well, even in our conversations, um, I'm not defending the people or their or their alleged behavior, but I also just I, it's it is a recurring theme at our dinner conversations. Uh, that I'm repeatedly saying, we don't know there's none of this is evidence. this is people th- stuff people throw out there and we're ready to we're ready to you know have uh, public hangings and uh, and move on and and declare somebody guilty whether he or she has uh, actually been found that Well I- yeah, Mick
5: will usually tell me people people aren't all good or all bad and I'm like, well,
2: <laughs> okay. So uh, we, uh, Dennis is signaling we should take a break or take okay. a break. We have Ramana Hussein and Mick with me in the studio. When we come back, uh, we'll wrap it up with these two, and we'll ask Ramana for her uh, recommendations for the weekend. That's always a, a, a favorite thing on the Ben Drowski Show. We'll be right back after this.
1: The Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago culture. Food, arts and entertainment, weekly concert listings, weekly event listings, the environment, travel. I can continue, but you get the point. And for all of you Chicago political junkies, raw weekly columns on real city politics from Maya Dukmasova and our very own Ben Jarofsky. The Chicago Reader, free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com. Read it now and be a more informed Chicagoan. Attention, Chicago innovators and creators. 2019 Chicago Ideas Week is coming soon. October 12th through the 17th, this annual Ideas Festival is back, and it's the largest, most affordable Ideas Festival of its kind. They bring in hundreds of thought leaders from around the globe and some local to share ideas and spark action all across Chicago. To get a better idea of what to expect, here's a bit of audio from last year's Chicago Ideas Week with special guest and Chicago comedian Hannibal Burris.
7: The real reason I came home is just because I was trapped traveling a lot anyway I wasn't in New York that much and I don't have a full-time job in New York I work a lot but I'm not in New York so it was just like I don't I don't need to be here anymore and, I, and also I just wanted to work on different stuff here in Chicago so I have this center that I'm working on on the west side Melvina Mastermind, it's going to be arts and, and then a tech program and after school programming for uh, kids in, a, in the North Austin area so just wanted to be back, there we go
1: October 12th through the 17th it's 2019 Chicago Ideas Week, tickets go on sale to members on August 22nd and to general public September 10th once again if you're an innovator or creator in the city of Chicago or even outside the city You must join us for Chicago Ideas Week, October 12th through the 17th. For tickets and event information, head to ChicagoIdeas.com. That's ChicagoIdeas.com, and we hope to see you October 12th through the 17th
2: to the Ben Jarowski Show, live from the Chicago Reader. Yes, indeed live from the Chicago Reader, not live from my beloved Bright One. We're uh, part of the uh, telethon here, the uh, telephone list telethon for the Chicago Reader. And uh, Mick Dunkey and Ramana Sane have been so kind as to stop in. Ramana comes in every Friday. Uh, it's a regular feature on our show. And uh, We always do, uh, before I let you guys go, we always have a Ramana recommendation what she uh, recommends in the world. of. Our, when we're t- one time I get you and Maureen O'Donnell in the studio at the same time. We'd be pretty we're pretty going inter- to do some movie stuff. Uh, Did you
5: see Dairy Girls yet?
2: I saw the first episode on your... You were the one who recommended it to me. No, Maureen recommended it to me. And then
5: another friend of mine saw it on the plane, and she's like, you got to watch it. So I told Maureen I binge-watched it. She just came back from Ireland, so...
2: Yes, I saw her just the other day, and uh, I saw the first episode. You always got to get through the first episode of a show, because that's always the worst one, and then it gets (laughs) kicking. So I have not got into the kicking part of it, Romana. So what are you going to see this weekend?
5: Um, I hope to see Blinded by the Light, um, which is the Springsteen movie based on this guy's memoir. All
4: right, let me just because say this. By this. guy, she doesn't mean me. Yeah, no, so not another no, guy. No, not this guy. It's yeah. uh,
5: this uh, journalist, actually, this, uh, I think he's written for the BBC, Sir Fraz Mansoor. He wrote a, um, book on how Springsteen kind of affected his life, which is kind of interesting as a, a Pakistani immigrant. And I've wanted to see it. And it's it's actually gotten really good reviews, but it hasn't gotten the same. A lot of people haven't been watching. My brother was saying, well, think about it. Not that many South Asians like Springsteen. And then there's a lot of Springsteen fans who might, who might not necessarily be the most left if you think about it it's about it's about uh you know his experiences and in the 70s and 80s there was a really um the the national front was very popular in england Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of neo-nazi marches so i think it has a little to the book had to do with how you know he kind of always kind of butt heads with his dad and the film kind of i think the film you know obviously condenses it and there's parts of the movie that i heard that actually not what happened in real life but most of it's pretty true so I think it sounds like a pretty interesting movie and I do I do like the director's previous movies especially Ben like Beckham uh,
2: Romana wrote a column about the book that ran in the Sun Times and Romana knows this I'm a big advocate of Romana being a regular columnist for the Sun Times not that anyone at the Sun Times (laughs) takes my advice on anything but uh, I I also am an advocate of this
4: Ben and uh, keep nagging uh, my wife to keep writing well
2: because Part of the the, the, the the issue that you were talking about are the two different worldviews, where she has an opinion and she's ready to do it, and you hold back to reserve. It's the difference between uh, a, a columnist. And a uh, what an investigative journalist, uh, in my humble opinion, that the columnist is, is supposed to give an opinion. Uh, that said, the opinion you gave uh, <laughs> about uh, I agree with you wholeheartedly. That was
5: a pretty benign
2: well, yeah, column. Yeah, except your sister kind of threw Bruce Springsteen on <laughs> a bus. That's she just my like, my
5: older sister's never seen Bruce Springsteen live. We asked her if we want to go. All my other siblings, me and my siblings have gone, and she's just like, why do you guys? Even even uh, I think my niece has gone with us. My niece has gone with us to her. Daughter Daughter. Yeah. And her her daughter loves Springsteen because we exposed her to her when she was younger. And she's like, oh, I don't know why you guys like that old I man. I believe not the exact
2: guy. quote from your sister was, quote, that old man. Yeah, that's I what she calls that's him. that's the exact he's quote. He's actually,
5: I told you, he's a year older than my mom, so.
2: Wow. Okay. <laughs> so. I'm not quite sure what to make of that. Uh, <laughs> <So>. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, uh, so Romana is, or I'm going to be seeing that movie. And, this I, weekend, and, I, and so.
5: I told you to watch Sacred Games, season twos on, on Netflix.
2: Oh, yeah. I did Mick, not watch
5: Mick it. Mick read the 900-page book and now I'm reading it. It's actually wow.
4: uh yeah. Well, she was watching Dairy Girls. Okay. I was reading uh Sacred Games. 900, it's, 900 an, it's, it's actually book. the
5: first show that came on Netflix by in India mm-hmm. and it's based on this novel and it's very it's very good. I think you'd like it.
2: And I still haven't seen The Farewell, so my list of things to see and do uh, is based on Ramana's recommendations is long. Uh, of course, in my defense, I was on vacation last week. Uh, and Mick, uh, you have something to promote before I let you two go?
4: That's right. Uh, you and I will be on the stage at the hideout on... We may actually be on the floor at the hideout, but whatever. Uh, We have a thing coming up at the hideout the day after Labor Day. So uh, after everybody finishes uh, uh, partying and or lamenting the end of summer, uh, you should come out that Tuesday right after Labor Day uh, to to join us to talk about immigration. Uh, We'll be joined by a couple of my colleagues from ProPublica who have been writing about how uh, the Trump administration's immigration policies have even affected the Chicago area and kids who have been, who separated from their families at the border and how a lot of them have been detained up here. Mm-hmm. So we'll be talking about that and
2: other issues. Yeah, and uh, last, uh, August, uh, the August show, we solved all the problems of healthcare. So I'm sure we're going to figure out how to solve immigration. That's and right. Just, uh, and I
4: should say my colleagues' names, Jody Cohen and Melissa Sanchez, both great reporters on a whole bunch of other issues as well as
2: immigration, although that's at least where we're going to start the conversation. All right, very good. That's Dunkey, Ramona Hussain. I'm Ben Jarofsky. We're going to take a little break. Oh, no. D's got an announcement to make. No break. We're just powering through powering it, Powering through. We're going to bring in our next guest, Patrick Wator. Uh, Patrick will be here in moments, but first, we've got to tell everybody
1: what's happening on our Facebook page, all right? Right now on the Ben Jarofsky Show Facebook page, at Benny J Show, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J Show. Spelling on that last name, by the way, J-O-R-A, V is in victory, S-K-Y. It's a wacky one. Right now on the Ben Jarofsky Show Facebook page, we're asking you a question today. Well, next week, Mark's uh, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot's 100th day in office. Uh, Earlier in the program, we had Ben give her a grade. Ben gave her an A for dealing with Alderman Ed Burke, but a D on tips, mm-hmm. Not surprised at all. What's your grade, listener, on Chicago Mayor uh, Lori Lightfoot thus far? Leave a comment uh, on the Ben Drosky Show Facebook page. We'll read your comments as they come along, just like... and oh, uh, Let's see. We'll do Tom. Tom's comment here. Tom says he's given Lori Lightfoot a grade. Tom says F- minus. broke every campaign <laughs> promise she made F- and is intent on consolidating power in her hands. What do you think about Tom's comment? Tom's tough. Sounds like Tom could be a future guest on our show.
2: <laughs> let's get uh, get his number. Let's bring him on. F minus. I mean, just, why don't you just say F? You know, F minus. We that? the minus thing and just a little slap in the head. Uh, but I can understand a lot of, pro- I, I would presume based on that grade that Tom is of uh, the pr- progressive persuasion. And a lot of my progressive friends are really upset with Lori these days. We had Amisha Patel on the show earlier this week. Uh, so yes, uh, they're particularly upset about the um, her promise uh, it seems like she's retreating on her promise to use dollars uh, raised from uh, taxing the sale of really expensive homes to set aside uh, money to, for uh, to fight the affordable uh, housing crisis here in the city of Chicago. So a lot of progressives are upset about that, and I presume that Tom is one of them.
1: And we got to give a quick shout out here too. I've been feasting and having a good time here at the Chicago Reader building, uh, getting getting fed today. I love it, and I couldn't. Well, a lot of people are helping us out here, like this man- lady here. Uh, go ahead and tell everybody who you are here. And- uh, what company are with?
8: My name is Deja White. I'm from Peaches on 47th, and we brought you guys some lovely Moroccan chicken as well as some lemon pepper wings.
2: Wait, where's the chicken? I didn't see any chicken.
5: It's right behind you.
2: Oh. Oh, I love chicken. Yeah, you're busy right now. <laughs> uh, I guess I'm too busy to eat some chicken, but thank you very
1: much. Is there anything you want to let everybody know about? Uh...
5: Oh, feel free to come to Peaches on 47. We're located at 4652 South King Drive, and we have amazing breakfast and lunch.
2: Right, I'm coming for some breakfast next time. I'm coming here early next time.
1: The uh, sh- uh, the review of uh, that chicken will be coming soon, I'm sure. <laughs> and uh, another thing that's on our Facebook page, it's the latest Chicago Reader column from our very own ben jarofsky his column is titled kicking ass since 1971 i think i know what this is about but ben tell everybody what they'll learn when they yeah, read yeah
2: no this is a a story about the reader the significance of the reader in the city of chicago as part of uh, uh this uh, fundraising effort and i had a little fun going back uh in the archive some of the stories uh that i've written over the years I've been writing for the reader for a long long time uh and i just uh randomly uh, Dennis, just I went into the reader archives and they do it, They have it year by year and then each uh, year you could just click on a cover and I just picked a cover and I found a story that took me back. I think it was 2000. Uh, I'm doing this off the top of my head. Uh, uh, Claude Walker was running as an independent for state rep on the north side of Chicago against uh, Harry Osterman, who had been... Um, anointed into the position by the powers that be in the Democratic Party. And I couldn't believe it. It was 20 years ago or so that I wrote this story about 20 years ago, and it was just nothing really had changed. It was infighting by Democrats, power play by the regular organization, uh, you know, uh, fiery independents and mavericks trying to uh, beat the machine. Uh, and uh, so it was a lot of fun going back there and these old names. And the interesting thing, as I pointed out, many of the characters uh, who were part of the regular organization, at least Harry Osterman, have now moved to the Left, Uh, so that's a good sign in the city of Chicago. Harry Osterman was one of the leaders against uh, uh, the Lincoln Yards tiff. So anyway, that's what I did. I took a uh, look back uh, as to what to try to explain to people the significance of the Reader and its political reporting.
1: Kicking ass since 1971. is the latest Benjofsky column. Give that a read after you listen to today's show. And he's doing it this column because of today's telethon, a letter or a love letter to Chicago journalism. We're doing a telethon all the way until 7 p.m. And here to tell you more about that, Kenny Davis.
3: Well, I don't know what else I can add to this except um, a few. There's a few things, actually. Um, I think, first of all, we should just give that that, uh, thing, right? It's chicagoreader.com, chicagoreader.com, go there. uh, Or you can go to chicagoreader.com slash something, I don't know, it doesn't matter. Just go to, and see that yellow box with the telephone, the old-fashioned telephone? Just click that, and then you'll be asked if you can um, subscribe, essentially, to the reader, as a supporter, as uh, as as a sustaining supporter of the reader. And it's five bucks a month, or maybe 10 bucks, or maybe 15 months but it's it's something that is affordable and it will help the reader not only survive, but transform itself into a completely new digital force in Chicago, which is something really very cool. Um, we were talking earlier about um, uh, McDumkey and the and the the Grass Gap and the and the stories that he and Ben have written over the years. Let's not forget the parking meter stories that they both wrote together. Or how about um, you know Mike Miner, who was with the Reader for many many years and the great things that he did. Or uh, hey. How about Maya? Is Maya coming in? Is she going to be on her? Maya's
2: school? on vacation. Oh, she is? Maya's on vacation. Oh, I was hoping she'd be here today. Yes, me too. Uh, so she won't be at our show on Tuesday either, but she'll be back.
3: Well, you know, I want to just mention her, as long as we've been talking about her, she did a series of things on um, uh, open housing and affordable housing in Chicago, and I've actually kind of thought for the last you know, several months or so, that this whole thing about Aldermanic prerogative, she really was the one who opened that file for everybody, if you think about it. Um, the, the idea that, uh, uh, that a lot of the, um, the, uh, the, 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 the The projects that were being built in various wards that one up in the forty first ward that the Alderman had the ability to just shut it down because the Alderman didn't want it mm-hmm. and it was Maya, I think, who really began to put that she injected that into the into the political bloodstream, this thing about aldermanic prerogative that's something the reader has done it's just another one of thousands of those kinds of things. If you value the reader. Give us a pledge right now. Give us a give us a tap on your screen. Go to chicagoreader.com.
2: All right, very good. Young Kenneth. All right, Kenneth, let's go eat some chicken. Yeah, <laughs> you get to eat the chicken. I do the interview. All right, very good. Uh, my guest is Patrick Watur, African Festival of the Arts. Patrick, thank you so much for coming to the show. Appreciate it.
6: Well, thank you and. Uh... I want to add my voice to the telethon The Rita has always been very supportive of the African Festival of the Arts from day one. We've had many articles, uh, even we didn't uh, advertise with the Reader. they've always supported the African Festival. So go ahead, go to Rita and support them. Subscribe today. All right, very good, Patrick. Now tell people a little bit about uh, the festival. When will it be and where will it be? The festival is scheduled for Labor Day weekend, and that's next weekend, Friday through Monday, August the through September the 2nd in Washington Park, and uh, we have amazing things going on. We have food, all kinds of African food, and I understand uh, one of your colleagues, Andrew Zimmerman, might be visiting us at the festival, so that's big for us. And uh, the entertainment is great, So um, go online, AfricanFestFordChicago.com. Who who are some of the
2: entertainers that will be performing there?
6: My favorite is uh, Ohio Players, and it's the second time they are coming back to the festival. And that's Monday, 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock. But also closing will be uh, um, Sunday, which is uh, Danny McClurkin, which is a big giant in the uh, gospel industry. He has his own studio, and he promotes a lot of other gospel artists. He's closing, and he has a video online supporting the festival. So go to africanfestival.com, and you'll see his video. Then we have some younger people. we trying to shift over to the younger generation, so we're supporting them. We have Rotimi, and then we have Wally, and we have Afro B, and Teresa Griffin, who is local. And they are all performing on the weekend.
2: Did you say they're high players? Is that what you Ohio said?
6: Ohio Players is closing the festival on Monday. Yeah, that's pretty good. you Ohio Players fan? Well, I'm an old school fan, so I'm old.
2: You're old. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that seems to be a theme on the Ben Jarofsky show today. <laughs> old people, You're, you can't be older than I am.
6: Trust me, I'm much older than you. All right, so you remember I, the Ohio Players. I, we brought them before. We brought them probably yeah. 10 years ago. and uh, we, we brought some of everybody from James Brown to... To uh, Azra His, to Rachel Farrell, to uh, Bobby Womack, and Bobby Womack. Bobby Womack. All right, so you got James Brown at this festival. We had James Brown. uh, Were were you the person who had to negotiate that deal to get him there? We always depend on friends, and we had uh, a friend from the the V.O.N., if you all know. Melody's father, Melody. Uh, oh, a uh, span. span we had span. Percy, Percy, mm-hmm. Span, mm-hmm. Percy and James Brown were very good friends at the time, and they negotiated it. And uh, I had a little bit of play. Did you get to meet him? We we were lucky to have an interview with him. We all the TV stations came to the grounds, Washington Park, and he and I sat down at the table and had a great interview. I couldn't understand everything you said. <laughs> <laughs> have,
8: have you uh,
2: ever heard Eddie Murphy's imitation of James Brown? Uh, no. No? You never heard Eddie Murphy's <laughs> imitation of James Brown? And I just
6: watched Eddie Murphy on Coming to, uh, Coming to America. One That's of something. your favorite movies. Uh, well, this is my second time watching it and I caught in the middle. And he did some really, well, the actor I really like who I think did the best in that show is uh, James O. Jones. He was perfect in terms of a personality and he captured what it is to be an African big man.
2: Now, uh, by the way, I'm not going to do my imitation of Eddie Murphy from Coming to America, the opening scene, but I could do that later oh, off the show. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't do that. <laughs> uh, do you remember the opening scene of uh, Coming to America by any chance?
6: I was cut in the middle of this time, Oh, you cut by, in the middle. Uh, Good yeah, thing. So you missed the opening. I, I, um, uh, so, uh, talk about you. Uh, how long have you personally been living in the city of Chicago? I've lived in Chicago longer than I've lived in my home country, my birth country, which is Liberia. I Came here in '76 to go to school, went to Northwestern, got a master's in uh, transportation planning, went back home, and came back uh, two years later because of political problems, and I've lived here. Since then. And so you, safe to say that you like it here in the city of Chicago. Chicago is a great city. Chicago is really a great city. And I used to live in Evanston. But when I move on the south side and discover the lakefront, Chicago, there's nothing like Chicago spring, summer, and fall on the lakefront. So let me ask you this.
2: How uh, have you been able to sort of like navigate all the political factions and fiefdoms and personalities in the city of Chicago that you could produce this festival year after year, uh, get the proper permits that you need, just deal with
6: all the personalities? How have you been able to do that? Chicago is, is a very tough city to do business, to, pr- to produce events. But again, because of what I do, and I bring the community together, all the politicians are my friends. All the politicians
3: well, here? <laughs> from Richard
6: Haley to the current mayor, I, mean, I know she'll be there. I'm not sure, but I know she'll be there yeah. because politicians like the crowd. So they come out to meet the people, I get to meet them, talk to them, and present our case. And luckily we've had a champion in our corner, which is uh, Tony Baringo. She's one of my favorite people. But other than that, all the other people are our friends, from Dorothy Brown to... You need many like the officials that's black. We have relationships with them, and we like them. So has any politician ever said to you, who are you to come to Chicago and run something? You're not from Chicago. Have they ever played that uh, with you? I think they all appreciate what we've done. They appreciate the fact that uh, I call myself somebody from Chicago. It's people ask me, where are you from? I say, I'm from Chicago. So they appreciate that. And, and they, we appreciate the fact that, that we empower people. We empower small businesses. We empower uh, job creations. We do a lot of things to not just produce and promote the culture, but uh, to create jobs. And and that benefits Chicago and all the people in Illinois. And
2: uh, so I know I pr- promised that I wouldn't really get a lot of political questions in, but I you feel I'm going to ask you some <laughs> political questions, and that is this. Uh, our current president, I. When you said you're friends with all the politicians, I'm not sure he was on that list, the current president uh, of the United States. But uh, very early on he vilified Africa and African countries, and he did so in a very uh, dramatic way. And um, I think personally that was part of his attempt uh, to uh, rile up his political base and by turning them against uh, people who look differently than they
6: do. Uh, do you see it that way, the same way I do? And not only do I say it that way, but uh, I'm surprised that this country, America, could be like such a man and, and continue to support him. Uh, personally, I think he has some issues. I think he has some mental issues to do the kind of thing or say the kind of thing he says. I think really, and I'm very open and opinionated, I tell people the way I feel. I think this man has issues, but unfortunately, my belief is he might be reelected because of what the the people that support him and the way he's made them to like him, and the fact that the economy is working, even though he not is not responsible for all of that. Mm-hmm. I think he might be reelected, which would be really not a good thing for America or the world for that matter. He has done a lot of things that would set his country back for many years. And the kind of people he's appointing to the benches around the country Mm -hmm. will cause a lot of damage to this country.
2: Well, Patrick, I'm going to disagree with you on this point. Okay. And now listen to what I want to say, and then feel free to disagree with me as well. Hmm? I have to believe that people in this country, uh, who, once exposed to what Donald Trump is, and what he says, and how he behaves, and how he tries to turn people against each other, how he tries to turn uh, Jews against the Democratic Party, blacks against the Democratic Party, pit one group against another. I have to believe that Americans are smart enough and just enough to vote him out of office, and it doesn't matter who he's running against. I could be running, and they would – you could be running, and they would – Uh, Do you disagree with me on that point? Do you you think I'm too naive with my faith in public American
6: people? I want to pray and hope and believe that he'll be voted out. But a man would say, I can shoot somebody in Madison Square and nothing will happen. A man would say and do the things that he's done and he has 38% of the population supporting him. What does it take? 12, 13 percent, okay, read like that. There's no Democrat who has 38 percent in the electorate right now. Yeah, right now. Right now. Right now. So, yeah. for that to change, and he's, uh, I think he's a, he's a comedian that learned to use the media. Mm-hmm. When he ran against Hillary, he didn't spend 10 percent of Hillary spent. I don't know the numbers, but I, I, I was tracking, yeah. he didn't spend that much money and the media was everywhere he goes, he has a big crowd and he has all this adoration or yeah. admiration from his supporters. And they are locked into him and in whatever he says or does. Yeah. So nothing will distract them, he can they add on. Yeah. Well I, I will say that you're absolutely correct, uh, he was a maestro the way he conducted
2: uh, his election, or his campaign last time, to maximize his political coverage. Uh, it, like like when he would fly into a city, the media would be waiting, oh, the plane is here. Nobody, no other uh, candidate got that kind of uh,
6: attention. The just to media fly. and the crowd, and just trunks of people. And, and he could tell people that, oh, Hillary got nobody. So at the end, Hillary, Beyonce, out of here to try to draw the crowd. But you could see that He had a crowd, he had a support. And I know you're distracting me. I should be no. talking about the African. Wait, president. we should be talking about. But I just want you to read
2: this headline in the Chicago Tribune. Just read that headline in the Chicago Tribute. right there. Put your glasses on. Patrick's going to put his glasses. on. So what does that
6: headline say? Sixty-two percent poll dislike how Trump is doing job. All right, I'm going to read that one more time. Sixty-two
2: <clears> percent <throat> in poll dislike how Trump is doing job. So how, there we go.
6: How many of his base still supporting him? Thirty. Oh well, my math is not that of good, his but. Oh, his
2: base! 90%. 99.9%! Right. Your yeah. point's well taken. <laughs> okay. Alright, we have to break, up uh, but Patrick, one more time, tell people
6: exactly where the festival is, when the festival is, all the information they need to know. Again, go to AfricanFestivalChicago.com and you can get all the information, you can get a lineup, but again, Liberty Day weekend is the biggest weekend in Chicago. And Washington Park on the south side is the home of black country in Chicago. We who live on the south side would say, this is the black country. Uh, we have a celebration that is, some people call it the black area because you come and you picnic. Don't cook. Just come buy food, enjoy the music, enjoy the culture. Meet all friends. People come there and meet people they have not met for 10, 15, 20 years. And a lot of women tell me they meet their men over there. <laughs> so, so come, come prepare. Well-dressed. And we are we are pushing well, people feel tell me not just women, but people tell me, oh, I bet my partner over there. Yeah. But come and represent the culture. Wear something Afrocentric or African uh, biz. Uh, you don't have to, but for the fact that somebody like Andrew Zimmerman would say he's coming to visit us, uh, that's huge to us. And we've had people from all over. Obama started at the African festival. We have images of him uh, playing the drums. You go to Logan Center today, we have an exhibition out. you see Obama playing the drums. We've had, um, again, almost all the local politicians, including not just black politicians, we've had all the white governors from uh, uh, the guy who's in jail, the- Rod Lagojevich. <laughs> 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 that guy. That guy. And he's I, got the good looking hair. I hope he, he really gets there's one thing if Trump does, I'll appreciate it. I agree with you on that I, one, 100%. I think he should yep. be released. I yes. think Obama should have done it. I think he was railroaded into that situation. And it's not a good thing. But he was a good friend of the festival. He, Always came and all the, the best friend of the festival was Mayor, Mayor Richard M. Daly. He came to, to every festival. Patrick,
2: you and I are not feeling the Richard M. Daly thing, all right? You, I know he's a friend of your festival until he was going to put the Olympics in Washington Park and
6: kick the festival out. Remember that? Yeah, we are cutting a deal. After the Olympics, something are going to stay there, to create an open space, do something almost like downtown Grand Park that the black people have a space to produce the events uh-huh. and that's what we're working on. So in the background, some people are agitating, yeah. trying to kick it out, but in the foreground, uh, all, all that noise and stuff, we're trying to make some things happen that will benefit the black community. All right. Uh, I, you and I will just have to agree to disagree on Richard M. Daley, but that's all right. We can still be friends, right? <laughs> Richard's a nice guy, but all politicians uh, make mistakes and... and <laughs> And uh, he did something that nobody can agree with, but he did a whole lot of good for the city as well. All right, Patrick Couture is his name, African Festival of the Arts, and I would uh, I'd like
2: to have you come back to the show for a greater, po- I can see you're a political junkie like I am. I am. So uh, <laughs> if you'd be
6: willing to come back and just talk straight up politics, I would appreciate that. Would you be willing to do that? When Obama was elected, I called the election from the very beginning when, when, uh, when Hillary was defeated, I call it by. I was in Las Vegas. I call it by nine o'clock when I saw two states go. Which in, states? Yeah, I think it was Florida and Pennsylvania. When those states, oh, yeah. when the two states fell out, I, I was I crying went, by I that time. To, <laughs> I was not crying. I went to bed. I said, I don't want to see it. Okay. So I'm a junkie. I stay up. I look at all the debates. I tell who is doing well. And I all right. Well, it. let's get a prediction for me. Who do you think the Democratic nomination nominee will be? Right now, I think. Um, Bernie has the crowd, but it might be Biden, and Biden might not win. He's, oh, he's Patrick,
2: a, you're breaking my heart.
6: <laughs> he's a, he, he doesn't have the sharpness. Yeah. He's slow. Yeah, he's slow. He doesn't remember most of the things. Yeah. And he, he, in the debates, you can see it, he's weak, and Trump will eat him up. Oh, man, we're going to bring Patrick back. We'll debate a little more. Uh, the African Festival
2: of the Arts, August 30th to September 2nd, uh, Labor Day weekend in Washington Park, 51st and Cottage Grove. Thank you very much, Patrick. Appreciate Chicago, be there. All of you. See the Ohio players, everybody. We'll take a break and we'll be right back.
1: Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture. Today's Ben Jaromsky show was brought to you in part by Chicago Architecture Center. Discover the breadth and majesty of Chicago's architecture on a Chicago Architecture Center bus tour. From bungalows to Bauhaus, our expert docents will share the fascinating stories behind our city's architecture. Book your tour at architecture.org slash tours. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm actually on a bus tour right now. Oh, my, look at that wonderful piece of architecture. Get a special discount for Illinois residents from July 15th to August 15th. All Illinois residents get 50% off select walking tours. Visit architecture.org slash il dash resident attention chicago innovators and creators 2019 chicago ideas week is coming soon october 12th through the 17th this annual ideas festival is back and it's the largest most affordable ideas festival of its kind they bring in hundreds of thought leaders from around the globe and some local to share ideas and spark action all across chicago to get a better idea of what to expect here's a bit of audio from last year's chicago ideas week with special guest and chicago comedian cameron esposito
5: everything that i have ever tried to do has had two motivations. One is I really do believe in trying to create social change and then the other one is I'm scared and alone too so I would like for you to join me. You know every job that I have I try to make sure to hold the door open that's like my uh, motto for for um, like if I get through you're coming with me and I really I believe in that wholeheartedly and uh, especially if I have more privilege than you like I'm holding the door open for you um, even wider.
1: October 12th to the 17th it's 2019 Chicago Ideas Week. Tickets go on Sale to members on August 22nd and to general public September 10th. Once again, if you're an innovator or creator in the city of Chicago or even outside the city, you must join us for Chicago Ideas Week, October 12th through the 17th. For tickets and event information, head to Chicagoideas.com. That's Chicagoideas.com. And we hope to see you October 12th through the 17th for 2019 Chicago Ideas Week. commercial break over welcome back to the ben jarofsky show live from the chicago reader
2: yes indeed we are live from the chicago reader and it's been a, a telephone less telethon uh... all day at the chicago reader from seven started at seven a m right d absolutely it's an online telethon live stream telethon that is correct that's the good way of saying it yeah. uh... and uh... so uh, we've uh, uh, how many different hosts have we had on this thing today? Quite a few. We started at 7 a.m. We're going till 7
1: p.m. I think we've had like four or five. Tracy Boehm, uh, was did, did some hosting. Brianna did some hosting. Uh, it's been a fantastic time. And then, Ken Davis, why don't you tell us a little more about this and uh, talk these people into throwing some money over to the reader, huh, bud?
3: Well, um, yes, if that's my job, that's what I'll do. Yeah, you know, I, I just gotta tell you a little anecdote, I don't know if you, you would know this, Ben, but in 1970, I was uh, just coming off being editor of the newspaper at Northeastern Illinois University and there was a meeting of all of the newspaper editors from the colleges and universities and a bunch of other do-gooders to talk about the possibility of building a, a an alternative weekly in Chicago. And, It was at University of Illinois at Circle Campus, the brand-new, spanking new Circle Campus. And meetings that came out from that ended up in some contorted way being the, the origin story of the reader. So it's like I, I can remember when there were people talking about why we needed the reader and boy were they right about that. So it's been around for a long time and it's gone through a lot of different iterations and I get this feeling that it's it's at a it's kind of at a point right now where it's just ready to launch into a whole new sphere. And I, I'm I'm really pleased about it. And if you are, and if you have these memories of the reader, if you remember, you know, Dan Savage, and if you remember uh, Cecil Adams, and, and you remember, as, as was said earlier today, you got your first apartment through the reader or something like that. How about joining the team here? All you gotta do is go to uh, Chica- uh, uh, Chicago chicagoreader.com and then when you get there, you, you can go to chicagoreader.com slash members or just get right there from chicagoreader.com and it'll ask you to become a member of WBEZ, which means you can make a one-time donation or you can make a, a continuing donation every month for like $5, $10 or whatever. And we'd like you to do that. We'd really like you to do that.
2: Yeah, you went back in time. What? <laughs> what they do? I do it all the time. Don't worry about it. You said uh, make it be a member of what's that station D? I Did think I it say would be station? easy to remember, yeah, remember. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's okay, man.
3: <laughs> well, you know, when you get to be a certain age, yeah, you get, yeah. I do it all the time. Don't yeah. worry about it. Anyway, become a member of the Reader today. Do it right now online. Click it in now
2: all right very good that's ken davis and he invented this whole format with me uh is monroe anderson who's uh, on my show every wednesday uh he was kind enough to uh, stop in for uh, this show in particular to extol the virtues of the reader among other things and talk about journalism uh and the reader's role in it but monroe i just cannot allow you I cannot allow Monroe Anderson to be on my show. Patrick was just here, I love him dearly already, from the African Festival of the Arts, boldly predicted a Trump victory, boldly, sat on my show, Monroe, and predicted a Trump victory. And I, I said, I told him, Patrick, I go, Monroe Anderson's uh, out there right now, he's going to have something to say about this. So what do you say to Patrick's uh, prediction that Donald John Trump would be reelected uh, in 2020?
8: Patrick is a good man. Okay. I had. A- on my show, Common Ground, back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've been to his festival, and it's one of those events where if you go there, it's everybody's there. I mean, you just bump into everybody. So it's a very successful festival. Mm-hmm. However, <laughs> <Yeah>. thank God <laughs> he didn't try and get into the political pundit business. Yeah. Because he'd be a failure. yeah. Trump has about as good a uh, chance of being re-elected as I do. Okay. And you were not elected to begin with. I was not elected to begin with. I'm not running. If, if drafted, I will not serve, you know, the whole thing. Um, Trump just today, while you were in here, mm-hmm. um, um, commanded that all businesses, American businesses, failed. He stopped doing business with China. Oh, um,
2: he he. I, I I did miss that because I've been on the air right, for a exactly. while. Exactly. That no. was an ultimatum from yes, Donald Trump. Yes,
8: yes. You know because while 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 you were here, yeah, he ceased being president and became king. Ah, I I missed that yeah. one. Yeah, and, ye- and and yesterday, of course, or day before, he was Christ. Yeah. So he's a very. He's I mean he's a very aspiring and. Um, growing more and more powerful man. So much so that he's going to get creamed. It's not even going to be a close enough.
2: Well, I will say this. Uh, Patrick made his prediction. You made yours. Yes. Uh, and I made Patrick read this headline. Uh, I, I gave it right to him and made him read it, and it's in today's Tribune. It's interesting that they made this the front page story, uh, and, the, and I'll read you the headline. Okay. 62% in poll dislike how Trump is doing job. 62%. Right. So um, you need 50% to win an election. 62. Well, and, last and, and, I looked is higher than 50.
8: It, yeah. I, and this is still a democracy, although he's working overtime to try to uh, make it no longer so. Um, there, everybody is really upset right now because they, they don't know what havoc he's going to wreak um, with the, um, the the seven nation the seven nations um, that are, are are meeting right now, mm-hmm. and um, he's the only one who is um, promoting the idea of. Russia rejoining. So I mean, he, he's just, I mean, I could, I, could, I could go on and on and on on why he's not going to win. He's alienated women. He's alienated African-Americans. He's alienated Hispanics. He's alienated Muslims. Um, from what I can tell, the only uh, group that he has solidly in his corner is the um, white nationalists and the Trump nuts.
2: And so you don't believe that's enough uh, to win an electoral victory?
8: No. Yeah. No. Okay, there's one theory that says he will definitely lose the popular vote, but he has a teeny, beeny, teeny, weeny chance of winning the electoral Mm -hmm. college. But um, if you look at the polling, that's not even gonna happen. Plus, one more thing. Mm -hmm. I maintain, I still believe that he's going to be impeached.
2: Oh and, no! I, I think that's uh, too yeah, late. Right. Exactly. Well, no, impeach, it's not too late. Yeah, wait, come on. Impeach as opposed to be uh, voted. Have the Senate uh, convict. You say impeach, but impeach
8: uh, okay. by the House okay. oh, and and the and the Senate may. We'll have to. No, see. no, no. No, the no. Sen- no there be no because. The 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 Republic, you're not going to get it.
2: Which Republican is going to vote to uh, uh, to send out of office the most popular person in the
8: Republican? Well, he board. won't be popular. What's what's the fact? Witnesses have been put on national TV, and and told a chance, gotten a chance to tell all the stories about all the horrible things he's done. When the house of cards falls, it's going to fall.
2: All right. You and I are going to have to pick, take that one up next week yeah, on our we show where do we do it. a deeper dive on Donald Trump, because right. uh, I'm with Patrick on that one. That's not going to happen. Uh, let, let's talk a little bit about journalism. Monroe comes on my show uh, every week, and we talk politics, politics, politics. What we don't really talk about is that uh, this man has worked for pretty much every newspaper in town, right. uh, except for the reader. Yeah. Uh, and,
8: and I wanted to work right for the reader, but they never asked. Is that you're
2: right, yes, oh, we got that one out there. <laughs> Put that one All out right. there,
8: and I'm still available. You still available? You hear that, reader?
2: Uh, talk about the reader back in the day. You came to Chicago, I want to say 72. 72, and you were working yeah. for the tribunal, correct? The no, tribune,
8: no, no, no. I came, I came here to work for Ebony. Mm. I worked for Ebony as an assistant editor for a couple of years, then I went to the tribune and I was at the Tribune for 10 years. Mm -hmm. Then I went to Newsweek Magazine in Chicago, and I was there for three years. And then I was Mayor Sawyer's press secretary, and I was there until we got struck by Daily. And then I went to WBBM TV. Yeah,
2: but at some point you were at, you left out the Tribune. The, the the years you were at the Tribune and the ten years, I ten think years, ten years oh. from
8: from nineteen seventy four to nineteen eighty five.
2: Okay, so when you're at the Tribune and you're reading the Reader, in your opinion, what was the difference between what the the way the Reader covered stories and the way the Tribune covered stories? This is back in the
8: day, right? Yeah, what well, was the difference? Um, the 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 Reader had a more enlightened point of view in his stories but also what the reader was and well known for, is this stories went on forever. <laughs> Stop, Monroe. <in> <laughs> you, you, you could go, you, you go from page page one yeah. to page four uh-huh. to page eight yeah. to page twelve, and then it might end. <laughs>
2: yeah. Did you? Uh, were you one of those people who come up to a reader writer and say your story was too long for me to read? Yeah. I had a few people say that.
8: I, you know, I, I would never say that
2: to a writer. And I appreciate that yeah,
8: because I can never understand why a person
2: would say something. Like that, too. What are you trying to insult me or right. make me feel exactly. bad? Exactly. Uh, your story's too long for me to read. Oh, yeah. great. Thanks right. for uh, sharing that with right. Right. me.
8: Right, right. No, no, the thing is, actually, the stories were very thorough. Yeah, all right, here we go. Yeah, that's what that's I here. Yeah, right, exactly. So, no, they were, they were, they were, they were very good. I mean, I, I the reader is treasured in this city by those who know, and it would be a tragedy. If there was no longer a reader in Chicago.
2: Uh, I'm with you that. Uh, I actually feel the same way uh, to one degree or another about the Sun Times energy. I always make fun and tease the Tribune. Yeah, uh, and, yeah, <laughs>
8: and, and <laughs> in fact, I have this theory yeah. that the reason Chicago theater thrives mm-hmm. the way it is, and it, we have the best theater uh, in the country it's it's better than l a because it's just better than l a and it's better than New York because New York is so commercially um, bent mm-hmm. here you have all these theaters, I think there's about two hundred or something like that of of various sizes and what have you, and where you can come here as a as a young actor and and hone your craft um, I can remember. Um, when the Goodman was um, the only th- major theater, mm-hmm. and, and we're beyond that now, yeah. by by far. And I mean, and you just have all these, you have the, all these actors who've come through. And of course, there was sec- there's been Second City. But the point I'm making is the reader, because it listed. Mm-hmm all this theater, it helped the theater scene grow. Mm. Uh,
2: And when you were Press Secretary Gene Sawyer, and when you were in that moment of your career, did you ever have to deal with the reader? Did the reader ever hit you hard, did you call, or was it just mainly you had to deal with the Sun-Times and the Tribune?
8: Um, Mainly the Tribune. Ironically enough, but no, uh, no. The, the reader was never a, uh, a major problem.
2: Yeah, for, yeah, as you see it. Yeah, yeah,
8: right. As I as I saw it as a press secretary.
2: Well, I got to tell you this: the reader in the '80s, and we're going way back in time, yeah. uh, during the Harold Washington days, made no bones about it. The writers that wrote for the reader were passionately for Harold Washington. All right, Gary Rivlin, I'm thinking off the top of my yeah, head. Right. Uh, wrote a book about Harold Washington. Yeah, I,
8: I'm in the book.
2: Prior, you, you're in the book. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, and I uh, did not know that. Uh, I must have known it at one point, because I read the book. Uh, but uh, anyway, so the reader had that reputation that it was sort of, it, it did not uh, hide the fact that uh, it wanted Harold to succeed, Yeah, it thought it was unfair uh, the way the white politicians coalesced against him because... Uh, he was elected mayor of the city. How dare black people get a, their own mayor of the city of Chicago, if I want to say. Right. Uh, and so I think the reader uh, built up a certain amount of equity, if you will, you know, by virtue of the fact that it took that pro-state, yeah. that Washington stand.
8: Oh yeah, no. And now, people were, at mixed emotions about Eugene Sawyer, of course, because we, we had a, a false um, information a misinformation uh, campaign going on about Sawyer being a tool of the 29, which was far from the truth, but um, and that Tim, Tim Evans was um, the heir apparent, which was not true either. Uh, but what it in fact led to was the splitting of the black vote and um, the election of Richard and um, daily daily yeah
2: and uh, and finally after how many years uh, to kind of do the math in my mind and I'm no Dan Biss uh, over 20 years uh, Chicago uh, had the daily and Emanuel and finally Lori Lightfoot is the mayor yes uh, so we've our first black mayor since Eugene Sawyer yeah uh, and, and our and first elected black mayor since Harold Washington yeah uh, and so now we're a hundred days of Lori Lightfoot and we've been talking about a hundred days of Lori Lightfoot so Monroe uh, you've never pulled a punch in your life. Uh, What's your thoughts of Mayor Lightfoot's first 100 days?
8: Uh, (laughs) The ducking and dodging has already (laughs) begun. (laughs) No, 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 (laughs) no. The jury is still out. Mm -hmm. She she has not been as impactful as Harold Washington was in his first 100 days. She has not been the... uh, Um, conflicted, under-attacked mayor, as Eugene Sawyer was. But um, she, hasn't, um, she hasn't made her mark yet.
2: Do you, are you optimistic about the direction she's going?
8: Not yet. I'm, I'm a little concerned that um, she is um, a little too comfortable with the power structure. And I, and I understand being comfortable with the power structure because the power structure has the power. Yeah, but, hence uh, the name. Right, exactly, <laughs> but um, if you want to do things for uh, the majority of the residents, then sometimes you have to step on some power structure toes. Yeah, uh, did Gene Sawyer ever do that? Uh, yeah, he did, he did. Um, for for. It, it, for example, I'm, I'm trying to think of some examples. Basically, what he did was Harold's mm-hmm. Harold's platform. Just He just took it over and yeah. did the same thing Harold did. And Harold was anti-power structure to some extent. And so he, he, he just, um, b- because he was un- under attack by half of his base, he was also trying to appease them and kill the the, the lies out there about his, him being a puppet to um, the two Eddies. Yeah.
2: Yeah, this is all ancient history, uh, and and most of the people listening to this probably don't remember it all. But it... uh, A lot of them weren't even alive. A lot of them weren't even alive, uh, weren't, uh, and uh, definitely weren't a voting age. And I I would say that that legacy, though, uh, lives on in the city of Chicago. Uh, In some ways, uh, the the black population in the city has fallen uh, since 1989, and so... uh, I guess you could say there's just no need to keep the po- black political community divided anymore because maybe there's not enough black voters in the city to elect a black mayor just in and of themselves, anyway.
8: Exactly, and this this is a different time. Back then, it became a black-white issue uh, because of Jane Byrne, who who was put into office by the black community and then turned around and and um, threw them under the. Uh, us under the bus, uh, so it became a black-white issue then. And then you had the twenty-nine, twenty-one when Hurl came into office. In most cities throughout the U.S., it's not a black-white issue with the mayor.
2: Yeah. Uh, That is Monroe Anderson, you recognize the voice, he's on my show. uh, Every Wednesday we talk Trump, Trump, Trump and Trump. Uh, Today uh, Monroe was kind enough to come down here and talk about the reader and his legacy, help us out uh, with our promotional deals. Uh, Before uh, we take a break and move on to our next guest, Monroe, do you have a a, a prediction for who Trump is going uh, to insult uh, over this weekend? Let's see, last weekend he went after the Jewish Americans. Oh no,
8: he's already, he's been busy. Today he 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 he, he called the um, Fed the the head of the, the, um, the head of the, the Federal, fed Reserve. Federal Reserve um, comparable to to she. President Xi, he said they were. Just oh, God, he's already saying. Yeah, and and, spook, and has spooked the stock market. Um, when I when I got in here, it was down 500 points. Oh
2: my God, my fortune if- has dissipated. <laughs> well, I've been on this show. Right, exactly. I'm broke. Right, <laughs> we uh, all are. It's a good thing. Uh, yeah, I'm not a big player of the stock market. Monroe <laughs> Anderson is my guest. I'm Bedroski. We'll be right back after this.
1: It's Chicagoland's Adult Entertainment Playground. It's the world-famous Admiral Theater, 3940 West Lawrence Avenue. The Admiral is homegrown from Chicago, and it's the most conveniently located club in all of the city. 15 minutes from the O'Hare Airport in downtown Chicago Loop. Voted Chicago's best strip club, the Admiral has showgirls galore and a variety of adult entertainment shows. The world-famous Admiral Theater, open every day from 7 p.m. to 6 a.m., 3940 West Lawrence Avenue. For events, showtime, and other information, visit... AdmiralX.com must be 18 years of age or older to
6: enter.
2: Did you know that 40% of the people in Illinois opt to be cremated? Well, it's true. And Chicagoland Cremation Options honors their wishes by providing cremation services directly to the general public. Chicagoland Cremation Options provides an affordable, ethical, and easy cremation arrangement, whether in person or online. Save thousands and streamline the process by going directly to Chicagoland Cremation Options. It's a family-owned business operated by my good friend, Douglas Klein. Here's how you reach them. ChicagolandCremationOptions.com. One more time. ChicagolandCremationOptions.com.
1: All right, everybody, you are listening to and watching the Chicago Reader special telethon, a live stream telethon. It's amazing. And uh, you can get your monthly donation in now. It'll help keep the Chicago Reader independent and thriving. All you have to do is go to chicagoreader.com forward slash members. That's chicagoreader.com forward slash members members a big thank you to everyone who has sent their donations. You can do a one-time donation, monthly donation, two-time, three-times just since your donations. As you know, the Chicago Reader publication, it's free, all right? It's time to start paying for a little bit of those readers that you've got all throughout all the years. You know what I mean? So, head over to chicagoreader.com and uh, like Ken Davis said, just look for that giant picture of a telephone, the yellow picture of a telephone, click on that And make your way towards a donation to the Chicago Reader. Now back to the Ben Jarofsky Show, live from the Chicago Reader.
2: Indeed, we are live from the Chicago Reader, as opposed to the Sun-Times. We'll be back there uh, next Tuesday. Uh, And uh, we have two new guests in the show. We're going to take a little... bit of a uh, turn, uh, not so much political discussion coming here. We have a rock star in the studio before we bring the rock star on, uh, DD got an update for us. I just At
1: want to remind time. everybody once again here, we're here for a reason today and that's to raise money for the Chicago reader. Fantastic publication. Ben has been writing there for how many years? I don't know. 90, uh, four, 452. Oh, okay. let's get it straight. All right? Right? So, Come on, sorry, man. so sorry. So sorry. So sorry. Dang. All right. It's been there a long time. A long all time. Right? 1984. So all if, right. if you've always appreciated the reader, well, we've always appreciated you, but head over to the Chicago, ChicagoReader.com forward slash member. Send a donation
2: look forward to that donation all right very good uh my guest i have two guests here andrea bauer and chris buddy everybody chris buddy that guy's on your show all the time yeah he's on the show all the time uh talking about movies in fact i'm just going to do this shameless plug uh andrea that uh the chris buddy interview we did there were three film geeks in a room talking quentin tarantino for the ben Jarovsky show it's going pretty viral right a lot of, apparently there's a lot of quentin tarantino geeks out there uh sergio mims chris adams and chris buddy and i urge everybody not now okay Dee? not now but later go and download it you get the all the ins and the outs of once upon a time uh, in hollywood one of my favorite movie of the year i think all right andrea i'm not going to make you talk about once upon a time in hollywood have you seen it yet?
0: yes i have
2: seen it oh well, then i will I make you talk at, about
0: uh, it. the music box 70 millimeter
2: did you have trouble with the sound at the music box
0: you know i didn't on that day mm-hmm. but i have
2: you have in the past. Yeah. So before we get into who you are and what you do and the song that we're going to play, uh, your review of that movie, please.
0: I liked it a lot. Well. Can okay. we? Okay. Can we talk about the ending? Uh, or is that spoilery? Uh, okay,
2: that is spoil. Again, yeah, we cannot talk. I
0: don't want to spoil. Don't it's spoil.
2: It's been out a while now. We- I would say. I don't know. I don't. I, I, everybody in this in this room who has seen the movie, raise your hand see this look at uh, this all right so maybe okay, you know, so yeah can't assume i assume i want to see that movie okay and then uh, you'll spoil it forever but uh did you let me just put it a yes or no did you like the ending
0: i had mixed feelings oh was. certain chris buddy impact mm-hmm. go ahead it was a surprise <laughs> i enjoyed that i liked the twist and then I had other thoughts, but I can't share them. No,
2: don't share them unless you come and do a bonus segment uh, with Chris and Sergio and <laughs> the other Chris. And we can talk about the ending. We spent about a half an hour on the last bonus uh, talking about the ending. All right, let's talk about Andrea Bauer and uh, not let's about talk about it. talk about me. Yeah, let's talk about you. Yeah. Uh, I have, like, when I met you, you were a reader employee. I was. And I didn't know anything about your other life. I admit this. Uh, I'm just... Double life. Like it is.
0: I do live a double double life. I talk about you the should double life. Yes, you're an investigative. <laughs>
2: oh, shit! Why don't you investigate everybody I meet? But uh, you're like
0: you're the FBI. Oh,
2: yes, I'm, okay. I've been called a lot of things before. Uh, so talk about the double life. First, talk about your life at the Reader.
0: My life at the Reader. Well, um, I had many lives at the Reader as well. I did a lot of different jobs. I started there in 2001 as a production artist. So I did layout. Then I became a photographer for. I shot for a column with Liz Armstrong called Chicago Antisocial. Mm-hmm. Somewhat controversial. People loved it. People hated it. People loved to hate it. It was great. Why'd, they, was,
2: why'd they love to hate it?
0: Um, I think because people enjoy getting angry about things. Mm. You know that.
2: Yes, I do know that. Yeah. I enjoy getting angry th- about things. But usually the things I get angry about are things are worth getting angry about.
0: Right, yeah. I'm not, I don't know. I, I can't really say, but um, I thought it was a really fun column and it gave a lot of underground artists a voice where they wouldn't really get in other media outlets. Mm -hmm. Um, I learned a lot about art and life. Mm -hmm.
2: And uh, you also once took a, I don't know if you remember this, you once took a picture of me and my wife. Did you know that?
0: I did. Well, recently. Uh, I mean, in, in the recent past,
2: yes, it was about 2010. I want to say, yes.
0: And it's funny you should mention that because I was actually just thinking about you the other day when I was eating a burrito, (laughs) I was eating, I was eating this burrito and it was the best. I think about Ben when I'm eating burritos, it was the best burrito I've ever had in my life. I didn't know where it was from. Uh Um, cause it had been delivered. And the next day, we were like, hey, let's go get burritos again. And so we went into the place where the original burrito came from. And I'm in there, and I'm like looking around. I'm like, I've been here before. Actually, I've been here with Ben Jarofsky <laughs> and his family. Yes. Um, and you had mentioned this place as it was the best of Chicago issue.
2: Yeah, it's, uh, um, I'm blanking on the name of the restaurant here. I, th- I uh, think it's
0: Trespasadas? Yes. Like Mary,
2: God dang, you got a good Sweet. memory. We haven't even gotten to the secret life. We're just exposing your great memory. Uh, but yeah, you. just you're, my burrito habits, right? Well, now. Uh, and the story, it was in the day when the reader they asked me to write a story about. I forget why they asked me to like write a story about my favorite. I cannot remember why to to deviate from politics. So one time, my family was in a car. We were driving and we were having a fight because we were hungry. What's that called? They got a word for that now. There's hangry. a word. You. There you go. That's why I yeah. turned to Andrea for everything. So I, we were really hangry and my wife said, we're just going to go to the first restaurant we see. And we stopped off at this restaurant, which happened to be at uh, Elston and Damon and Belmont where they come together. And it was like, I ordered the chicken, of course, because I love chicken. I'm like, God dang, this restaurant is good. That's how we discovered really it. really good. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so you, I did a little story about You came and you took the picture. All right. So that's your uh, the life I knew as reader-writer, reader-photographer, reader-editor. What's the secret life?
0: All right. The secret life is, um, I'm a musician. Mm-hmm. I play in a couple bands. Um, I play in a band called Touched by Ghoul. Mm-hmm. Touched by Ghoul. Um, we were actually, when I was eating the burrito, we were recording at Electrical Audio. We have a new record coming out. It's called Cancel the World. Okay. It's in progress now, mm-hmm. so that will be out in early 2020. Q1 2020. Okay, And then recently, so I'm in a super group, as Chris Buddy here likes to call it. And that is me and my um, friend Angie Mead, who plays in a few other bands. She plays in Redgrave. And she actually, do you like Black Sabbath?
2: Uh, do I like Black Sabbath? Uh, not really. What singer?
3: <laughs> well. Black Sabbath
2: pop quiz. What singer's in Black Sabbath? Uh, used to be Ozzy Osbourne. Hey, there you go. There you he go. Knows For 10-tree, points right back at you. Boy, what's Ozzy Osbourne's wife's name? Sharon Osbourne. Osbourne. And his children? <laughs> Jack and uh, <laughs> Kelly. Alright, very good. He yeah. knows his go stuff. Ahead. Did you know the answer to that, Andrea? Yeah. You never know that. what you Oh, know. You did, okay. Uh, I was pretty impressed that I knew who Ozzy Osbourne was. Me too. Uh, not really into, uh, I I have a confession to make. Uh how do I say this?
7: <laughs>
2: Not really into uh, hard
7: um,
2: rock, let's just put okay. it that way. I'm more like uh pops 60s, 70s kind of guy. So you'll love Touched by Ghoul and yeah. the supergroup. I I you will love. Oh yeah. Okay, because there's Big like that 60s, 70s thing going there. Just good music. Okay.
0: Touch by Ghoul is kind of a heavy. hard rock. It's right. a little it's a little dark. Dark. Um, yeah. Actually, uh, the reader gave us pretty what we think is the most accurate description of it. It's graveyard picnic blues rock is what we've been described as
2: Whoa. in the reading.
0: who wrote that? Uh, Salem, right?
2: Graveyard, picnic, are you political in any way? Mm, not overly, mm. you know. What do you mean by well, that? Well, I
0: mean, a- anything that you, anything that you write or music that you make or art that comes out, I think comes from a place of um, how you experience your world and politics are a part of that
2: yeah so yeah. you've never been moved motivated to write a, uh, a song that they think denounces donald trump
0: <laughs> have i been moved to yeah. yes have i no? actually done it well you know what actually we have for fun once and maybe that included more of trump's staff
2: did, did you record the song
0: We didn't record
2: the song. And uh, so anyway, all right, go back to your secret life. So the whole time you were working at The Reader, uh, you were performing around Chicago.
0: Mm -hmm. I was playing in different bands. And um, oh, what I wanted to, so in the super group right now, which is called Hot Pants, Mm -hmm. by the way. Write it down. Yeah, write it down. With a Z. -Z. P-A-N-T-Z. Okay. Hmm. Um, So that is me and Angie Mead who is, she has a Black Sabbath cover band called Void of Sabbath. Um, she'll be playing at the Hideout in October. So if anybody's a fan of Black Sabbath, you can see this amazing Sabbath cover band. Okay. She's a singer of that. All right. But in Hot Pants, I'm the singer, I play guitar, and she plays the drums. Um, and we are, we have one song. We will always only have one song. It's called You're So Dope. Um, what else? We're making a video for it that should be out when-
9: When they're
2: ready. When well, that's- <laughs> When uh, it's ready. That's why Chris is here. We'll get to that yeah. in a little while. Do we, is that the song that we have that Dennis to play? You want to play that song right now, Dee? Right. <laughs> what was that line I tried to write? I can't read my writing. Yeah, you're uh, writing.
0: It's like a little. My, I don't know how you get anything I done. I don't but. know
2: how I do either. It's an old story. In my I mind. work with them every day. <laughs> it's like,
1: I don't know what I wrote.
2: <laughs> is, is that you keep leaking the checks? I've got the code and the key. Ooh, I, I close. What was it?
0: Uh, the texts.
2: Oh, the text. I thought it was checks. My bad. But uh, that's the yeah. thing.
0: That could work.
2: So re- read the line back.
0: Uh, you keep leaking the text. I got the code and key.
2: What's that all about? <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: right, it's mysterious. Yeah, something you should, going on there. Mm-hmm,
0: I think you should investigate.
2: <laughs> so, like, when you write a, uh, a song, when you have lyrics, yeah, uh, is, is there like a literal meaning to what you're writing, or are you stitching together words just to mess with people's minds, mm-hmm. sort of like Bob Dylan yeah, does yeah. So uh, sometimes, sometimes, or do you have like something devilish going on? Which which one is it?
0: All, all of the above. Um, so this song, actually, is kind of funny. Um, I dreamt this song. And like I had a dream, and I was watching a band play this song. And the chorus is what you hear. The rest of the song I made up. Mm-hmm. Because as I scratched to the surface of my dream, I couldn't remember any of the rest of the song. But that's the thing. If you ever hear a song in your dream, and it's not a song that already exists, you wrote that. So, like, maybe you're a rock star
4: too. Yeah, I'm a rock star. I like Richards. That's
9: how that got written, I think. That's how that
2: riff got written. I think he woke up and read it, wrote it, and didn't remember writing it. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. By the way, Andrew, one time Chris Buddy and I, and Chris Buddy is here. We'll explain why he's here. We went to a, a baseball, baseball game uh, together, <laughs> and we spent the entire baseball game. This is what nerds we are. We were not talking about Quentin Tarantino movies, we were talking about Rolling Stone songs. Which was the greatest Rolling Stone song? of all time. And it uh, was a heated debate through, I think the game went into the extra innings. We didn't even say I think it went to like 25 innings. We didn't I, I forget. It was a long time. I had to get to work the next <laughs> day. Uh, so do you have a favorite Rolling Stones so that you would put at the top of the list?
0: Oh, wow. Um, I like the Rolling Stones a lot. So let's see. Um, uh, it's it's hard.
2: It's tough. There's
9: well, a lot of pressure. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure. Well, That's well, how we recap. Do it. Real quick recap. recap. He said you have to objectively
2: put satisfaction as number one. I yeah. say you don't. And no. I said uh, sympathy for the devil. Okay. No. I said you have to put the Satisfaction as the greatest Rolling Stones all the time, even if you don't like it, if exactly. you're Which is of a very, because it is the quintessential Rolling Stones song, Satisfaction, uh, even though Otis Running does a better, better version of it, in my humble opinion. Uh, all right, now, what was the line in that song about David Bowie? I was trying to pick up that Oh, because
0: you like Star Trek and Bowie, yeah, and uh, you got special effects that make me aw man, woo woo, you're so dope. <laughs>
2: Like that part of the song. Oh, so a lot.
0: yeah. When I was writing it, so I only had the melody, right? And okay. so sometimes, if I only have the melody of how the vocals to a song go, I just make up words. You know, I sing like nonsense. Yeah. Um. And that happened to be the nonsense that came out when I was trying to like figure out what the words would be. Um. And so then when I when I showed Angie Mead the drummer on this song. Um, you know, I'm like, I think it goes something like this, and then it's like, oh man, woo woo, you're so dope. And I was like, but I'm gonna change that part, you know, once I like write the real words for it. Um, and she's like, no, don't change that part. And I was like, no, really, it's that's just kind of like random weird thing that I said in the moment. Um, but we decided to keep it, and so then I wrote the rest of the lyrics, you know, about that
2: chorus well, that's about the,
0: somebody being yeah. so dope yeah. and being so excited about them like woo woo
2: yeah woo woo like, and by the way I really like the woo woo's in the background of the song a lot and I'll be singing them all day woo Going back and forth, <laughs> uh, and before we bring Chris Buddy in to talk about why he's here, other than I just love talking to Chris Buddy, why about, is he here? Uh, <laughs> no so ones. you played at Wrigley Field. Talk about
0: that. Oh, I did.
2: And that's when I really blew my mind. I mean, wait a minute, that lady that just to took my picture played at Wrigley Field. That's talk right. About
0: it. Um, yeah, it was amazing and crazy, and one of the uh, most unexpected, weirdest things that could happen to a. Person, I guess um, we opened for the Foo Fighters and the Breeders at Wrigley Field. My band Touch by Ghoul did, mm-hmm. and it was confusing I'm a, lot of, yeah. a lot of bands here. Touch by Ghoul opened for the Foo Fighters at Wrigley Field last summer, um, and you know, not many people get to play that stadium. It's like like it's a true honor to yeah. get to play a show there. Um, but the Foo Fighters on their tour, they were inviting local bands. In all of the uh, states that they played in, um, to open for them, which is like the kindest, most generous thing a band of, of their stature could do.
2: So when you came on the stage, were most of the people seated? Was the stadium filled?
0: Uh, we it wasn't filled. You know, it was we were filling. we were opening for the opener. Yeah. So, um, but you know, there was a good handful of people there, and it was, it was really uh, exciting to play for that many
3: people. Were you nervous?
0: That, um, I was nervous. But you know, I actually um, started meditating, and it really helped take away the stage fright.
2: But wait, wait—you were meditating backstage before you went on stage. I
0: meditated for like six weeks before. Oh, okay. <laughs> before getting <laughs> on stage. The I didn't take up okay. meditating in
2: the moment. Uh, hold on, everybody. I, I, was, I was like,
0: ah, now, now would be a really a really good time to start this uh, transcendental meditation. No, we're there
2: just, is a moment, like right before you, you do anything, that's produces fear, you just take that moment. I do that on the show every time before we start when Dennis is playing the opening song. But it's not really meditation, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't leave. It's a breath. It's a breath. That's what I do. I take a breath. All right. Why is Chris Buddy here? He's a filmmaker. I've talked at at length about uh, his movie on on poker, um, Blackjack, and uh, he's been on the show many times uh, as a film critic debating Sergio Mims on the great movies (laughs) of the day. Uh, But what's your connection uh, to Andrea?
9: Well... My connection going back, actually, as I uh, when I was uh, technically an employee of Rapports, which was at one point associated with the Reader, oh, we owned
2: the Reader. <laughs> Why don't you say it? Our owner. We, uh, I was lucky
9: enough to shoot and produce a uh, series called Space that she was head of. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, we would go around to different cool apartments and houses and locations, and then businesses too. And we mm-hmm. did an interview and kind of the, the look and feel of the uh, the place, which was really fun. We probably did about. 50 or 60 of them. A
0: lot
9: of them, yeah. Um, and so what's funny was while we were driving around to those locales, she played me her first album, Murder Circus, uh, which yeah. I loved. Touched by Ghoul. The Touch by Ghoul album. Um, and then she played me the song that we just heard, and I uh, got the hooks in me, and I said, I begged them to do a video. Um, and they said, okay. So we just recently shot the video for You're So Dope, and it's being edited now, but it's a... Who's Who of Chicago and the Chicago Reader. We got Sue Kwong makes an appearance, Brianna Wellen. There's a kind of famous uh, actor, Chicago actor and stuntman named Nikki Excitement is featured in it, and then Hot Pants. Uh, and it's a pretty sweet video. I just saw the first cut two nights ago, and it's awesome. It exceeded all my expectations, and I directed it. Um, it's kind of like the Go-Go's meets... Diamond David Lee Roth, Crazy from the Heat, oh, yeah. and then the shoot was kind of like egos and over budget, like Michael Cimino making Heaven's <laughs> Gate.
0: <laughs> I think that one direction uh, Chris gave gave to yeah. our um, to our extras was Beatles at JFK. Beatles arrive at JFK. Oh yeah, we need to get was, that excitement. That up was, I was the, the level of the excitement. Imagine the Beatles in
9: 1964 yes. arriving at JFK. Whoa, yeah. Uh, but Just it was a lot like, you know, I w- I'd equate the two-day shoot for uh, You're So Dope to like uh, being in the jungle, you know, Francis
2: Ford Kerklein. Apocalypse <laughs> yeah. Now, speaking of movies, opening line, please, Chris. Saigon, oh, can we say it? Yes, speaking of movies. Saigon. <laughs> Shit, oh, I'm man. still only in Saigon. Yeah, that's it, opening line, uh, Apocalypse Now. But look for that
9: uh, video.
0: Uh, maybe in a couple weeks. We'll let we'll let you Yeah, know. let
2: us know.
9: And uh, but, but uh, Benjirovsky was invited to be an extra in the music video. And okay, you I didn't was not. Show up. In the Where con. were
2: you? I well, I what? was probably eating. Uh, Burritos. It was Friday, night, <laughs> probably at that restaurant. Uh, technically, I was not invited by you, Andrew. I was invited by Chris, well, I'm I'm like, the director of the thing. <laughs> it, too, we'll yeah, but it wasn't in his by. house. We, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh, I show up. They go, what's he doing here? And, you know, well, then, then what's that going to look like? So, I could have been in the movie. Is that what you're trying to tell yeah, me? Yeah,
0: you could have been, been a star.
2: I could have been a contender. What movie is that one, Chris? On the waterfront. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, and uh, the guy's a uh, film geek. What can I tell you, ladies and gentlemen? So, all right, so where can people find the song and all that good stuff?
0: Well, the people will be able to find the song on the social medias. That's social media. <laughs> um, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. I think we'll have a website for it.
2: And uh, do you have any concerts coming up that people should know about, anything like that?
0: Yeah, um, a few with Touch by Ghoul. So we'll be playing August 30th. Um, That's next Saturday, I believe.
2: Uh, That is a week from today. Am I correct about that? Yes. Okay. Anna's nodding her head.
0: August 31st.
2: Yes, that would be Saturday. Okay. Mm -hmm.
0: August 31st at a place called Nude Beach. Sounds exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we have a few shows in September. We'll be playing, uh, September 25th at the Owl and also September 28th at, um, the Oktoberfest Revolution Brewing Street Fest. That will be fun. In Milwaukee? No, it's actually oh, so on Milwaukee. In Milwaukee. Oh, on Milwaukee. I thought it was in Milwaukee for a moment and then I How's realized it was Milwaukee? on oh, I'm
9: Milwaukee. I'm a super
2: fan
0: of Touched In by Milwaukee, on Milwaukee.
2: All right. And uh, so anyway, thank you very much, uh, Andrea, and thank you very much, Chris, for stopping by. Great song. Uh, And I want to thank all our other guests. We're out of time here. We've got to move on to let the next uh, host, I don't know, who who is the next? Is Brianna going to be the next host? Tracy. Tracy Bain. Tracy Bain, the immortal, the legendary Tracy Bain, who will be the next host here. And we Pardon.
1: want to remind everybody that we're doing this as Chicago Reader, a uh, love letter to Chicago journalism, chicagoreader.com forward slash members. We're looking for your donations here, guys. We're going until 7 p.m. And uh, like Ben mentioned earlier, this is a podcast you can download. So if you hear this later on, uh, you know, feel free to go to the website again, make a donation. You know, we're... Looking for donations all around.
2: Yes, very good. That is so true. That uh Dennis. Well put, I would like to thank our guest, Patrick Wittor, uh, who is from the uh African, here we go, African Festival of Arts in Chicago. That will be August 30th to September 2nd, Labor Day. 51st in Cottage Grove. Monroe Anderson was so kind to stop by. Uh, Mick Dumke and Ramana Hussein. Ramana came all the way from the Sun-Times to the reader, and I appreciate her doing that immensely. And uh, On Tuesday, we'll be right back at our beloved Bright One. We're going to have to move all this equipment uh, that we we slept in here last night. We're going to have to take it back, Uh, but we'll be doing our Show back in our old studio on Tuesday, uh, so this is uh, this it just, is just a one-shot deal. Uh, anyway, I'm Ben Jarofsky. I want to thank absolutely everybody who made this possible today. Uh, and we're not playing that really cool music we do as we leave the show. Ah, uh, there's that music which triggers one thought in my mind. I wanna thank everyone, including that young man there, the pride and joy of Alton, Illinois. And you know what they call him back home in Alton, Illinois, what? do you know? They call him White Lightning. That's what they call him back. <laughs> Give yourself a raise, take it out of petty cash. See you Tuesday, everybody.
1: And remember, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows and Benny J. Bonus interviews at both Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites, chicago.suntimes.com forward slash pages forward slash Jarofsky, chicagoreader.com, and wherever else you download your favorite podcast Downloaders, we live stream this show Tuesdays through Fridays, 1 until 3 p.m. Central Time at both Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites and the Chicago Sun-Times YouTube channel. See you Tuesday. But I guess you'll be hearing from me a little later.